Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers and may also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Welcome to episode 4 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast given a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Rich Bain, a film composer and the founder of ShockStreetHorror.com. And I'm Andy Stewart. I'm a filmmaker and a journalist, and that's it. <laughs> no rubbish in between. <laughs> no, that's it. That's Strictly just that. It. I'm only those things now. And um, I'm delighted to be joined by a guest this week. He is the host of the podcast Under the Stairs. Hello and welcome to Mr. Duncan McLeish. Hello, gents. Thanks for having me on your fantastic show. It's a pleasure oh, to be here. Yeah. Ah. Oh, That's what I do, flattery oh, first. Oh. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on, man. And uh, uh, thanks for bringing us this wonderful... Uh, is it a film? It's definitely a film. Confirm that much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you say it was a film or is it a movie? Wait, it doesn't feel like a... <laughs> oh, that's a whole other discussion. Does it qualify as a film? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but, um... So experience. Whatever <laughs> sure else it is, it's definitely yeah. an experience. Yeah. So, um, uh, do you want to just remind us again which film you've chosen, and also just kind of explain why? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, what's your relationship with this film? Like, what? Like, what yeah. Um. So I chose Rawhead Rex from 1986, and this movie I saw. I don't even know when I first saw it. I want to say it was VHS. I want to say. It was maybe late 80s, maybe early 90s. One of these obscure kind of rentals based purely on the cover. Okay. Like, you know, the cover is mental. It's a giant dinosaur-looking creature with lightning behind it and rawhead rex plastered in massive red, bold text. Okay, so, like, ballpark figure, like, how old are we talking about you being me yeah. um, I would have been maybe at a push 9 or 10 right okay um, got into horror really really young and um, I remember watching it and just seeing it that one time and never being able to place the movie after that you get those memories of certain scenes but you never capture it and it wasn't until maybe 2010 2011 okay um, that you know through online forums and stuff that I managed to track down the name of it <laughs> and that way where I'm a huge Clyde Barker fan, love the novels and all the rest, and um, like I had read Rawhead Rex God knows how many times in the, the Book of Bloods, you know, I absolutely, absolutely loved the short stories, oh, and never put it together that, you know, certain scenes marry up, mostly because the film roughly resembles, and we'll probably get into that, roughly resembles <laughs> the, the, the actual short story, and then... Um, Checked out on uh, like a rip from online, yeah, and I was just like, "This is one of the most bonkers movies I've ever seen." And while you, I now actually own both 4K restorations, the US one and the UK one. It's staggering that there are two 4K restorations of this particular film. It makes no sense considering there are movies like The Godfather that don't have a 4K restoration yet, and Rawhead Rex has two. Um, So, which potentially makes it one of the best films ever made. I would think so. Yeah, I think both uh, both sides of the the, the waters have it so yeah it's a, it's a movie I've seen god knows how many times I've done commentaries on it I tend to go to the bat for it in a way where I probably shouldn't um, good that's why that's why you're here and I'm looking forward to it and I'll tell you like, I sent a list through and as soon as I found out you hadn't seen it it rocketed to the top of the list oh seriously third, yeah. and as soon as I found out you hadn't I was like yeah he needs to he needs to see that he needs it in his life 
yeah, it was a first viewing for me. I've now seen it twice. Well, there you go. Uh, just to, awesome. just, for, just for the sake of completeness. Um, <laughs> and it, so I think we should just jump right in. Well, I, I just wanted to say just off the bat that um, the film is set in Ireland. Yep. So there may be some bad Irish accents here. It's a reasonable thing to preface that with, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also drinking a Guinness in, in <laughs> celebration. Uh, um, actually, before we start, um, we're going to guinea pig you on a new sort of feature mm-hmm. that we're going to introduce, seeing as you brought it to the table. And obviously... Obviously, you're kind of a you've got a rich heritage for the film. Uh, can we get can we get thirty seconds on the clock, Andy? Yeah. So thirty second synopsis for the benefit of anyone who's listening that hasn't seen the film. Kind of just like Explain as vividly as possible as you can in thirty seconds. On your marks, get set, go. Right, so American tourist who is writing a book on churches is over in Ireland. Um, he's over there at the same point that Irish farmers are pulling a giant penis stone out of the ground, which unleash, unleashes a giant penis demon who goes around the village killing people uh, and can only be stopped by the power of vagina. There you are. Well, that was pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I think you've covered, <laughs> I, I, I you've covered all the bases. Like, I, think we're, I think we're good. I think 10 seconds, realistically, is a, is a closer. Also, I mean, like, uh, hit on all the subtext, all the imagery, like, yeah. kind of all the metaphors. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> right then. Any, anyone would think you've done this before. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. This is a uh, <laughs> this is uh, something that carries around with me. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the first film, and potentially the last film that we'll do on the show uh, with characters called Andy and Mitch. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I never even so thought that's, of that. Uh, yeah. That's that's quite lovely. So yeah, let's jump in. And I would say one thing that I liked about this immediately was that the score is immediately insane. Yes. Like very busy, very dramatic. And um, we home in, in our setting, which I believe is Rathmorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, as you say, we happen on three Irish farmers who are attempting to dislodge what I think can be described, fairly described, as a penis stone from the ground. Yeah, it's it's veiny. Big cock. Yeah, it's, it's veiny. It's, I think it's the only thing that comes close to the, the original. Yeah. The original short story is a nine-foot cock cock monster seriously yeah okay yeah. Right. so he has a giant he's shaped like a penis and uh, i guess that's where the raw head yeah uh, name <laughs> comes the, from the, oh the, good lord the slit of the the penis actually contains razor sharp teeth wow so you can imagine that when it came to design the creature they were very quick to change that i like the fact that like they scaled it back but only by like 15 percent. yeah they were like that yeah let's make them look like an extra from guar uh, i've actually got written down here it's like if a talker and razor from teenage mutant ninja turtles visited uh craggy island <laughs> like, I guess that's that's the film in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they've got that big cock obelisk in the field, <laughs> in the field, obelisk. and these guys are really trying to remove it. Then immediately, I was struck by, well, why now? Yes. I mean, that's presumably been there a long time. Why are they taking this? Why now is he deciding to remove it for the it's field? It's clearly the last straw. He's, he's right. sick of looking at it. Today, Tuesday is the day it'll be removed. Yeah, that's not... a bit of an embarrassment every time you open your curtains and there's a giant dick in your garden. Yeah. <laughs> Just a constant, constant reminder of your inadequacy. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but you do know right away you have something that Clive Barker's written as soon as there's a giant cock. Of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like, just saying, you know, imagine one of them at home being like, you know what, Mary, I've had enough. Yeah. Tuesday, that giant penis metaphor in that field is coming down. Yep. I'm gonna get the lads over and rip that cock. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shout Dennis and Mitch yep. right yep. over, and we're gonna, we're gonna finally well get. I was gonna say yank that thing down, take you on from that. <laughs> so yeah, um, so we cut away from that before it's successfully yes. dislodged. Um, 
It's difficult. It's difficult, man. It's yeah, difficult. Um, uh, and at this point, we do get the arrival of our main character, um, Howard. Howard, Howard Hallenbeck, uh, who's, uh, yeah, he's, as you said, writing books about sites of religious historical significance in Ireland. Yes, so he's working his way around them all, and he's just happened upon this particular church at the right time. Yeah. Convenient. Yeah. In a lot of ways, kind of inconvenient. Yeah, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> so what I would say is, so, I, like, so again, we cut to Howard and his son, mm-hmm. uh, Robbie. Yes. Uh, kind of just like walking around. One thing I took away from that was the dialogue between the pair of them is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he's, he seems like a cool dad. Yeah, it's know? like pretty natural, I think. Like, I, like, I thought it was pretty good. You were looking at me, you're giving me side eye. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I would enjoy being dragged around churches as a child. No. Well, that's I why I thought that the kid was doing I thought the kid was taking it with a requisite level of good humour. Yeah. I, I had a very hard time with that. I remember Everyone. getting taken to the beach in Menorca one time. And when I think back on it, it embarrasses me because I was such a little prick. <laughs> And I would, I know, I would be just as big a prick if I had to get dragged around churches when I was what eight. Yeah, oh, fuck, no way. <laughs> no one in this family wants to be there. That's yeah. that's the beauty yeah. of the situation. I think yeah. you're, there, there's a. It kind of reminds me of almost like American kind of sitcom family. And they're they're at this particular church while this giant stone penis has been removed while people are singing in the church very loudly. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's a very rambunctious chorus, isn't it? It's a very powerful... Well, Declan, Declan O'Brien. Uh, Declan O'Brien. Declan O'Brien. Most Irish of all names. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of an Irish name generator, that one, isn't it? as well just call them Guinness McFinn. <laughs> like, like, legit, legitimately, just the, the most Irish of all names. Uh, he's the MVP in this film. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. Oh, uh, we can get is, into that, but yeah. He is fucking lunacy personified. <laughs> And you know right away because he is belting that song out. He is screaming, he's shouting. Yeah. Really sh- he's not even singing it, he's just shouting the lights. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! It's true, like, actually, yeah. Hell, it's, 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 it's totally amelodic. It's just like maniacal <laughs> shrieking. Yeah. It's, to make them, it's to punish them, because that's what church is there for. To punish people. <laughs> he's pretty unapproachable. Oh, yeah. As well, like, Imagine confessing to him. Yeah, there's very little oh, about God, him. No, that's yeah. better thinking about. No. He's my favourite character in the whole film. Um, uh, yeah, Far potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far away. Um, so it's at that point, isn't it, that we kind of like, is that when the woman tries to put one of the congregation? Yep. She tries to. You describe it. Yeah, so, so she tries to she tries to put a glass vase on an altar just at the point that the the stone is starting to be removed. Yep. There is uh, there is a weird. It's like the most like inappropriate stained glass window in a church ever. Well, yes, it's amazing. With a giant salivating beast on it. Yeah, at the, at the bottom, raw head is actually at the bottom. With a laser in its eyes. What well, well, has a Terminator eye? <laughs> uh, this red laser, which beams down. <laughs> And like once again, the metaphor is rife here in in this that everyone that touches this hot box is burned. If you know what I mean, <laughs> oh, wow. everyone that touches the hot mm-hmm. box is burned. Mm-hmm. And so this woman, like basically, she burns her hand, drops the drops the vase, upsets the congregation who are like, oh, scandal. Understandably, Mary yeah, yeah, yeah. has dropped this vase right in the middle. Of, right in the middle of Hallelujah. We were only on the third of fifty-seven verses. How dare she? Yeah. You know what I mean? Further added to Declan's annoyance. Oh, he's, yeah. he's furious. It's a, it's a real momentum breaker, I think. He's like, totally. He was like, we'll have to go back to the beginning. Does anyone remember the words? Oh, that's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. That's just um, <laughs> over and over again. Verse one. Uh, but yeah, so she does that, and this is this is all building up to the coming of. Oh, uh, that's a bad word. The, the, the arrival. The, the, yeah, the arrival, <laughs> thank you, of, uh, of Rawhead Rex. Um, we jump back quickly to the field, I think, just uh, at the, I guess you could say, the kind of birthing of, uh, or the rebirth of, uh, of Rawhead. Yeah, the vinegar strokes of Did the arrival. Did we call him Rawhead or Rex? What is the, the I, nomenclature? I, I have gone with Rex, but I'm open to suggestion. Um, I would go, I'm going to go against the grain and say Rawhead, Rawhead. because that's what 
That's what Declan calls him. Good enough for me. Declan does call if him. If it's, good enough, if it's good no. enough for Declan, it's good enough for us. <laughs> the farmer, uh, who's out there now by this point working on his own, trying to remove a stone that That's is, right, he's been that is by conservatively his past, 10 tons. Like, <laughs> couldn't move it uh, with a tractor. Couldn't move it with a tractor, but you could do it with a long piece of metal. Yeah, crowbar. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> when, when his two pals are like, we're off, it's like, ah, hey, you boys just go home, I'll take it from here. Sorry. Right, he's he's giving it a good shake, and, and the, the wobblisk. <laughs> the wobblisk. Is uh, wobbling. It starts belching smoke. But it doesn't. It doesn't stop. <laughs> I would stop immediately. Yeah. Would you say it's ejaculating smoke? I'm getting the feeling we're in a very slippery slope here, and just the obscenity, and yeah. I'm fine with that. Aye, yep. yeah. But I just, I just want to make sure that we're, that's definitely the way this is going. Yes. And I'm not misreading. No, no. Right. We're, we're, okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going deep. No, he doesn't stop for a minute. In fact, he starts making one of the most ludicrous faces I've ever seen in a film. Could you say it looks like an ejaculation face? Yeah, because yeah. that's what it looks like. He's at the base of a stone, <laughs> grimacing <laughs> with rage. Um, Such a blunt like, dick and fanny metaphor. The whole film. Yeah, so is my, like <laughs> you can but you can break this down to a, like even the, but even the short story is a monster who is scared of women that are on their period and are pregnant and can be defeated by pregnant women. And that is literally it. So there's, there, you know, that's the, and they carry that over in the movie, and they go for it. They crank it to eleven. He's so insecure. He's such an incel. He's oh. so young. <laughs> such an incel. <laughs> he's a Chad. Um, he has Chad, a fucking. He's, he's putting chad. it around. He's a total but chad. Um, so yeah, what you what you get here is um, like the stone finally comes over, and what I will argue is maybe one of the best single shots in this movie of Rawhead flipping his head up, right? So he's coming out yeah. the ground, there's muck coming off him, which yeah. when you hear the trouble they had with that costume, I'm surprised they did that. I hope that was the last shot they did in the movie because the costume was pretty horrible by the end. But he comes up and there's lightning in the background. He lets out this massive roar. And at that moment, if this is your first watch, you should be sitting there thinking to yourself, I'm in for something special. That's about That's, the fourth minute. Yeah, I'm well, in right. for something special here. I I was not ready for this, and we have Rawhead Rex. He has arrived. Rawhead. But that scene does the actual creature of Rawhead far more justice than is deserved. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you're like, oh look at him. He's fucking ferocious. And then ten seconds later, you're like, ah, look at the fucking yeah. state of that. Why? Why is he? Why are his eyes crossed? <laughs> just constantly cross-eyed. Right. Serious, serious <laughs> question. Like what you just said there is right enough. I think that we're. I think that it's a very serious grand, question after that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. The tone of this thing turns on a dime. You know that. Yeah. But no, like, um, uh, <laughs> so, so, like, say, so, yeah, it's a very dramatic entrance and it's a very mm. impressive entrance mm-hmm. for a guy that probably looks slightly less impressive when you see him front on. Yeah. Do you think that the, like, creature reveal being inside profile was a deliberate choice? Yes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Immediately after this, we have um, Howard's first encounter with Declan. He wanders into the church and he's taking photos of aforementioned horrifically inappropriate stained glass window. Yeah, he's walking along going, this is, this is looks like every... What is this? <laughs> this is different. He really lucked out with that church because it's far and away the most interesting church in his book. He says that. He says that he's finally found something worth writing in his book later on in the movie. It's like so, it makes you wonder how Before long, or after like, his son uh, dies. Then, <laughs> It's got to get your priorities right. You go, I've still got a book to write here. <laughs> a chapter about... And my book has got very fucking interesting, very fucking fast. A chapter on uh, on family loss is going to be bitching in this book of heritage sites. Um, and my publisher is going to eat this up. Yeah, he's going to love it. Was it was at this moment that my son died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you imagine. Like, yeah, you're right though. Because you said it's like, oh, I've finally got something to write about. It's like, how long have you been researching this book, and how long has it been feeling like kind of a blind alley? And how long have they been dragging those poor bastards around with them? Six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. Because his his wife his wife reminds him, um, and they want to the, they want to go to the happening place, which is Dublin, Dublin. instead of where they are right Dublin. now. Yeah. Dublin's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's expensive. Class. Yep. class, yeah. Good but what you get what you get here with his interaction with Declan straight away is instant hostility. You know, um, are you the Reverend? He's like, no, I'm not your man. I'm the you know, Verge. The Virgil. Virgil. I think is like what the, the stunt double for a priest, maybe. I don't know. You're like, like the casting extra. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not up in the nomenclature for this. Because the priest, the, the actual minister, doesn't appear to do a whole lot in this movie except yeah. sit clocks. <laughs> and he makes jokes about Could it. Did you say clocks or <laughs> Right, right. right. <laughs> Clocks. That's what I Time thought he said. That's what I thought he said. I was like, I missed that chapter. <laughs> they do all have pendulums, though. Swinging pendulums. Yeah. Oh, well, um, yeah. Like balls. I yes, giant right. brass balls swinging. Um, but yeah, so he's the verger, and straight away he takes this. Why here? You shouldn't be here. I don't like you being here. I don't like you taking photos. There's like a, real, a weirdly, a weirdly combat. Tone. There's a real yeah. wicker maniness. I think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Even down to the font and the credits and yes. stuff, there's a real wicker maniness to the film that, yes. that speaks very strongly to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the wicker man. Yeah. So I think that, um, which is interesting, because I think that uh, the guy that plays Declan's performance is echoed by Nicolas Cage's performance in the Wicker Man, in the wicker man remake. <laughs> you think he watched the wrong movie? Yeah. <laughs> he watched Boyhead Red, not the Wicker Man. <laughs> like, now, now that you mention it. I wonder if he ever did get to the bottom of how it did get burned. I wonder. Uh, I wonder yeah, if he did ever yeah, find that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, what we do know is that killing <laughs> killing him will not bring back your goddamn money. It will not bring back any honey at all, and nor should you try. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, but Declan is once again you're talking about the performances, MVP of the movie, oh, and like Excellent. I think it's because the guy didn't really know what he was what he was letting himself in for and just went for it and that is to his credit every scene is done with an over the top and it turns out the guy actually came from a theatre background which you need in a movie like this you can't mm. have like a like an actual genre actor you need someone that's used to bellowing out like this booming voice and doing Shakespeare on stage in front of like some well apparently during his uh, audition he just came in and screamed and banged on a table magic hired yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think so yeah. we have our Declan <laughs> and he's, he's, am- he's amazing because like almost straight away after this scene he touches the hot box um, and then it all gets very dark place it gets like yeah like it's like you get these like visions of fields and paganism and all the rest and right away the face kind of goes a bit you know it's an audio podcast people can't see the face but the maniacal smile comes on right away and he whispers into the air right and you're like right Right, so this box communicates with, which will be undone later on in the movie. But this box <laughs> communicates with Rawhead. It gives back. It's, Are it's, you telling me there's an inconsistency in this? There may be one or two. Okay, Jesus, right, okay. There may be one or two, but it's it's like his version of a time capsule. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he touches it and gets that, and from that point on, Declan is his acolyte. I guess. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Good word. Yeah. 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 Don't know where I got that. Like, I was gonna. I was gonna go disciple wrestling. That's exactly what it's. Yeah. Ac- <laughs> Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. Yeah. Circa circa ninety eight ninety nine. That's yep. right. Uh, so yeah, and and that's from that point on, he's his devoted follower. The first of many, you would say Declan is the best. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. By the original one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And will yeah. be baptized in one of the greatest scenes in horror history later. Oh, on. Which wow! Certainly yes. come to yeah. Yep. It will certainly come to that. So uh, yeah, I think the next thing you get is kind of like a, a kind of 
domesticity shot of Howard and family. And that, that leads to some scenes, probably some of the worst <laughs> kissing scenes I've ever seen in any films. See, ever. yeah, see, pretty much any, pretty much any time that Howard and his uh, Howard and his wife kiss, it's almost like you described what kissing is to aliens. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, so they've yeah. never done it, but they vaguely know how to try. Plus, I don't yeah. know why this couple are together. One is clearly a fan of very thick, warm sweaters. Another one likes a lot of makeup and dressing kind of sly. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. like overtly sexual in the movie. Like very, very sexual, which obviously plays mm-hmm. in towards the end. The, yeah, the and, and, and but he gives off a kind of Mr. Rogers vibe. Yeah, yeah it's totally <laughs> he does, does give totally off a Mr. Rogers vibe. It's, it's, it's a weird combination. Yeah. Uh, she's wearing negligee, putting on makeup... While her children, like flirting with her husband, while children are, I, I, are did, I said that to Mitch. I was like, it's kids are right there. It's kind of creepy. But he swoops in with his real. He's got those real wet fish lips, um, <laughs> and the camera kind of cuts away once, and you're like, oh, thank fuck, we dodged that. And then the next scene, they're out in the street, and they're just oh, the worst that open mouthed nightclub kiss when you're like sixteen. Uh, it's fucking horrible. Is, is this when they're? That be- was the scene that unsettled me the most in the whole film. I was is, like, yeah. look at them kissing. Is this, ah. is this when they're at it and they're being leered at by a don't look now homage? Yeah, well, that and is it, a clear it, don't, it, don't look now yeah, homage. Yeah. Which yeah. is, and I mean, they could. I thought I was being really. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. No, I thought I was being really funny when we were watching it, and she crept up, and I went, "Oh, Mitch, don't look now." Yeah. Oh, and I was like, "Oh, very droll." Yeah. Yep. And then uh, during, I watched the commentary, and he was like, "That's a don't look now homage." And I was yeah. like, "Undone my joke and just made it look like yeah. I was being a smart yeah. ass." Yeah. And there's a, there, there is, there is a, there's a, there's a cardinal rule in movies, right? When you're making movies or when you're watching movies, that you should never make reference to or show a movie that is infinitely better in your movie because it makes the viewer want to watch. But I'm the wicker man. Yeah, don't look now. Don't look now. Uh, two references right away of infinitely better movies. But I will say to his credit, it does show that he's a fan of the genre at least. Yeah, yeah he's, he's genre literate. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, and he knows the big ones. That's a sound of success right there, ladies and gents. That's oh, oh Christ. So I'm um, uh, considering we don't have the benefit of uh, video footage here. Andy has just made what is like a historical pig's ear opening a can of Guinness. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. It's cool. That's Andy's recover. Proceed. Uh, <laughs> As you were. <laughs> Where were we? A like a cringy homages. Uh, uh, homages. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. Though I think it does kind of like it kind of shows that he's yeah he knows mm. the stuff. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the scene we get next, which is the death of Dennis, which is one of the farmers from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> he, he goes home to his wife, and uh, he finds that the barn door is off the hinges mm-hmm. and then he gets done in at the hands of Rawhead right yeah. so what uh, uh, my, my favourite thing about this is Rawhead's considering he's like a giant 10 foot indomitable beast his commitment to the element of surprise like yeah. why is he hiding in a stack of pallets in the barn boo they originally wanted Peter Mayhew that's right yeah uh, but they couldn't afford them yes they wanted Chewbacca but to be Rawhead yeah yes. they met seriously him, uh, apparently George Pavlou met with Peter Mayhew who said oh, we loved them we loved them and I'm, I'm sure when I, the thing I watched or I, I listened to they said something like uh, there was a conflict or something but yeah conflict was apparently money. they couldn't afford them yeah and I mean, obviously they eventually opted for um, uh, Hilary Swank <laughs> as well yeah <laughs> she does a great job trivia corner she's, she she's given, <laughs> given the outfit she does yeah, a great job. And the year it came out, yeah, yeah. she does pretty well. And the fact that she's so well hidden, I didn't even know. I didn't know. You couldn't, you couldn't tell. Hiding in plain sight. I'd never tell. The, 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 the guy in the suit is a ski instructor they happened upon. No way! That's true story. This guy has a fairly rich career in, um, in cinema 
after his debut as Rawhead Rex as well. I'm fairly sure this is the guy that plays the Predator. No, I thought the guy that played no, the Predator is, is the same guy, uh, Kevin Peter Hall. It's the same guy that plays uh, Harry in Bigfoot and Henderson. Is it? Right, yeah. so there we go. That was a lie. Right. What, <laughs> I would, what I would say is I think that we have both posited two equally plausible theories about yes. who plays Rawhead yeah. Rex, right? Don't watch the special features or do any IMBD... IMDB trivia at all and what I've said is historical fact yeah. but yeah so the, the guy they got is essentially a ski instructor and he had never acted in a movie before I've never been in the film before what do you want me to do <laughs> plus he had a thick accent wear this like, what the fuck yeah a thick accent in Ireland but he worked yeah. out apparently quite a bit beforehand bulked himself up for the role and I actually think there's there's a bit of credit to his performance in that he is almost like a cartoon character at certain points when he runs it's like yeah, three he, like standing still steps before he's he starts really running. struggling yeah. to Run in the suit. He but can like clearly it, see nothing. Like very. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just like he's just uh, he's, he's looking through the always open mouth. Through the like, mouth. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you think when um like obviously the actors on the, all knew they were there to do a job. They were there to do this film. They'd read the script presumably. Do you think that when they saw Rawhead come running onto set, they thought it was going to be good, or do you think they were all like, oh this is it. This is what we're in." That's, that's, a, that's a really, really, really good question. I, I hypothesize that most of the people that are in that movie have never done a horror movie before. I think that if you've never done a horror movie before and you've seen a horror movie, maybe your expectations is a lot of things are fixed in post. And, like, you know, because it really, as good as it looks, even as good as it looks in 4K now, right, it doesn't aid the film like that and that's making it look as realistic as it would have been on set so yeah it's, it's not a good looking suit and you have to think that maybe just people are like well, maybe this is horror movies maybe this is just what happens on every horror yeah, movie yeah like maybe that's what this is yeah well, by that point Clive Barker was a well known he was well known yep and I think that'd be attractive I think five so, yeah. out of the, the books of blood by that point had been optioned as films um, director had made a previous Clive yeah, Barker yeah, adaptation right. as well and, so. and, and Midnight Meat Train was flying around mm-hmm. uh, at that uh, way back then as, okay. an, op- as an option uh, Jacqueline S was flying yep. around as an option around about, all around about the same time mm-hmm. So people already knew who Clive Barker was. As like a train that was and worth we're minutes getting on. Away, we're minutes away from Hellraiser. From yes. Clive Barker going on to Hellraiser. So I think that maybe, I, I feel that there's maybe a kind of, people were like, this is, this is Clive Barker's written this, this is going to be cool, and then yeah. out, out, out it comes. Well, without without <laughs> this movie, Clive Barker doesn't take the stance that he does make in Hellraiser, which is full-on control, this yeah. is my movie. I was going to say, actually, like, um, and I thought about this just today, actually, when, like, when I was thinking about coming to do this, mm. and um, regardless of what you make of the film, you could make the argument that yeah. the impact that it had on genre cinema afterwards is kind of seismic, in that because Clive Barker had so much kind of animosity for this version of it, mm-hmm. the fact that he took such creative control of Hellraiser made it the film it was. It's, of, all the, of all the ones that have been made of his works that he was not involved with, this is the one that he speaks the most about remaking. Which yeah. is weird. It's a weird movie to remake. Well, I'm going to come on to that. I've got right. a bit about the remake in here. Nice. So, nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, he's, he was at the time, like, Stephen King was touting Clive Barker as the, the new face yeah, of horror. That's right. Passing famously. the mantle to him. Yeah, yeah like, famously. And that endorsement was back it, I've then. seen the future of horror and his name is Clive, Clive Barker. Barker. Yeah, wow. Probably the best quote you could get from anyone in your field. And that's Stephen King's already a, a good decade and a half into his career. Mm-hmm. And on some level, is looking to pass the baton onto the you know this is the next generation of horror and so he was he was a huge name he was going to be the he was going to be the next big thing and this is the first big adaptation 
of one of his works and it's it's like it's not what Clive wanted. I'm fairly sure it's not what George wanted either. Um, I wish I, I genuinely is one of these people that I would love to just sit and grill. I just think it must have been mental. Yeah. Just see, and you can see he's flying by the seat of his pants for most. They could of never it. get Clive Barker there. No. He really wanted uh, Pav- George Pavlo says he really wanted him there, but uh, <laughs> the producers just wouldn't fly about. Seriously? Yeah, just like nah. One of my favourite moments in the film comes up not long after the what we've been talking about, which is like, obviously so. Um, uh, Rawhead kills. Dennis and he does, yeah, s- yeah. smashes up the spice rack in the kitchen yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah. um, spends days. a lot of fucking time smashing that kitchen up. And like, then, but then that poor woman, she she is the slowest runner. She's pregnant. Well, she did maybe pregnant. Even, then, maybe man, pregnant. even then, she's kind of just she's bumping off every wall and she's wailing. She's got her hands <laughs> up the sides of the wall, like fucking hurry up! But, um, he's uh, ten foot tall and he's coming. What I love about this is after he's gone. And the police show up, and the first, immediately yeah. the like big shot detective's conclusion is that it's a revenge killing. Yep, I, I know. Hypothesize what that revenge might be. Yeah, what this this poor hapless farmer has done to rot such a bloody revenge, and maybe you know severe attack on his kitchen. And, you know, yeah, like and 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 then so, and at that point, and at that point, it's like something. Does he even know that? Like, he's literally just looked in the kitchen. It looks like someone's just smashed up the kitchen. Yeah. So he's like, oh, he's he's offended somebody yeah. to get your kitchen fucked up. Like yeah, that. <laughs> they spilled like, the shoe. Did you see what they did? A fucking travesty. Look at that shoe. It's on the floor. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just not flying here. No, have none of it. That's exactly right. It's like, but while it was the fact that his like kind of sidekick becomes a kind of avatar for the audience at that point because he's like um, it's an revenge killing and the guy's basically like oh yeah yeah. Based on what? Yeah, like, uh, the, the, the cops are useless in this movie in a way which makes me happy. Oh, they're the so good. They're yeah. so incompetent. It's amazing. It, it reminds me, there's a great, if you ever get the chance to check out, um, it's like maybe the definitive greatest bumbling cop duo of all time is uh, Herschel Gordon Lucy's Blood Feast. It's amazing. Yeah, and the two <laughs> the co- guy's reading his lines off his hand. Like, but the, the two cops are awful. All the, all the way through it, there is evidence, clear evidence, which they just passed by. And I like well, to most think of those it's the type of it yeah. moving forward. And you get this it's a similar thing that appears in something like uh, the abominable Dr. Fribes as well two cops death spa hecking useless you know what I mean all the way right through it and you come to this they carry that bumbling cop thing on and they are terrible police officers all the way through it even right to the end they're the worst police even these I mean these are guys that they've brought to this town because the crime is so heinous (laughs) so so we need to get making. We need to get our best guys on this. Yeah, it's so yeah. epoch making and it's horror mm-hmm. and yep. the, the damage wrought that uh, they bring these big city cops in. So they're they're bringing Taggart, they're bringing <laughs> DCI Jane Tennyson, they're bringing all these heavy hitters yeah. in, and they're fucking useless. They're mad. They're they're worse than the local guys. Yeah, yeah. Do the police in in Republic of Ireland have guns? I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that, no. I'll look that up, but there's certainly one guy, we know he's a cop because he's got a shoulder the holster. holster yeah. I've I, I, always like, they just put that on him so we yeah. know he's a cop and yeah, not just a guy. Yeah. One of my favourite like bits with the cops be, yeah. is later on when uh, uh, after uh, Robbie's died and uh, <laughs> one of the cops turns right to Howard and he's like, uh, it's a great uh, do you want me to get you a cup of tea? Yeah. And Howard goes, how about you go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, uh, right, I'll, uh, I'll pass that suggestion I'll on. I'll pass that, that suggestion, suggestion on. on. It picks up pretty fucking quickly, by the way. Like after after this whole thing is yeah, happened, it changes gears pretty. It much. changes oh, yeah, gears point, pretty quickly as we move into the caravan part for the first time. 
Yep, where once again there's some poor little child who's just mm-hmm. trying to have fun while he is basically sitting opposite is the randiest no. teens ever, yeah. maybe. Yeah, so, like, so it's, it's his brother, isn't yeah. it? It's his older his brother. brother's trying to get off with his girlfriend right in front of him. I'll be honest, his little brother is such a cock blocker. Oh, of course. Super <laughs> I mean, like, cock blocker. That big brother obviously has the most painful boner in those super tight 80s <laughs> jeans, like rubbing against the line that runs yeah. up the middle but, of your jeans, oh. and his little brother's sitting there. You can't waistband it, you can't poke it into his belly button, <laughs> like because then you have to dig down into your yeah. pants and grab your yeah. dick and pull it up and tug it up and then your little brother's going to see you do that and you're yep. opening yourself up for your little brother taking the piss out of you not that I've ever been there <laughs> no that was or, or any of that that's, but that, that's that, definitely like, like, that's the situation that didn't play like a flashback at all so in a way you can understand his <laughs> you can understand the big brother's aggression uh-huh. in a way an egregious tactical blunder, I think, though, to just kind of kick that off in the same room as where your kids kind of, your brother's yeah, kind of. I think once you're, you're getting hot and heavy and you're getting into the kind of swing of things, while he's sat there, you've made you've made a misjudgment early on. Yes. There. Yeah. yeah. Either either she is a bit easier than you expected her to be, or your game's better than you thought it was. Now, so. spoilers again, but um, she says she <laughs> says to him, she sorry, uh, I don't know. Do we know her name? Oh, oh we do. Uh, we do. Um, we do. But um, he's Andy. Yes, Which he is Andy. Annoys yeah. me it's Katrina. He's such a cock. And Katrina. Typically, if there's somebody in a film called Andy, they're a yeah. fucking asshole. <laughs> Uh, don't don't even oh, don't get me started on the depiction of Mitches in TV and film down the years. By the way, oh on. the Mitch in this must have rubbed you up the wrong way for all the two <laughs> seconds he was on screen. <laughs> you must have been like, get this fucking asshole off here. He's an embarrassment to Mitches like, everywhere. It's like I'm getting fucking sick of this. <laughs> Do you see what he's fucking wearing? I don't honestly, know. Um, uh, why is he wearing a suit? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, um, it's Andy and Katrina. I can right, okay, well, Katrina And the little said, brother is Neil. Neil, Neil, with the mullet. Now, she says something along the lines of, I have to talk to you, Neil. No, <laughs> I have to talk to you, Andy. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Go on. Uh... <laughs> As... No, is she going to say she's pregnant? Ooh. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because it's never actually revealed it's, what she's actually wanting to talk about. I think that she, it's, she's certainly coming at it with a very serious tone. She, yeah, she, I'm, she's I'm thinking, breaking up the embrace and the potential whatever follows next. Yeah, tom, yeah, tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she kind of she's kind of putting the the kibosh on it, the brakes on it. Yeah, I'm thinking she's got pr- something important to tell him, and then it's kind of forgotten. Yeah, but, my my guess if I was betting, man, I would say either pregnant or breaking up. Oh, would be my guesses. Yeah. I have no theories on it at all because that has always just went right by me. I didn't even. I don't listen. This to is how season. deep we go here. Duncan. We're going into the, the minutia. We, we don't do this on a podcast under the stairs. I wasn't ready for this. It's like, no, it's like we're inexplicably digging really I just deep to make this funny, time. I just wanted to make funny noises and talk yeah. about raw head. Right? I, picked, I picked this movie for its penis symbolism. <laughs> yeah, no, it still that's, kind that's of right. applies. She, she does. She didn't act. She don't know. You don't. You don't find you don't out. Find no, out, no, no, no. But it, it feels like she's got th- something pretty groundbreaking to tell him, and he just drags her out of the woods and tries to fuck her against the tree. That's which what that is, is a very, I guess, is quite a young guy thing. Yeah, if, if in like, doubt, forget you. Forget what you've got to say. Yeah. Wow. Oh, baby. Yeah. Like she. She out of nowhere. No, no talking, sweetheart. <laughs> See, I don't know where it's a very serious tone. He's just like, yeah, that doesn't sound important. 
Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're talking about, darling, but it sounds like it could wait. So the, the poor kid, for all his cop blocking, gets mm. his toy taken off him. And locked oh. in a caravan. Gets locked in a caravan because the brothers had enough. The lock's on the inside, he could get out. Yeah, I, I, yeah it's one of those ones where you're like that. I, 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 <laughs> it's not, like it's that. quite clearly like... 100%. Well, that's how locks right work. Yeah, out, that's like, how locks work. Get you know out what if I mean? you want. Inside, um, he's not got keys, so you just turn it and that's you. But he's, he, he makes a big palaver out of this. Um, meanwhile, his toy gets crushed under mm. the foot of Rawhead because yeah, he's not just a killer; he's a childhood ruiner. That's a childhood right. ruiner with fancy boots, by the way, which Very I noticed fancy. when you got the shot of him. That, yeah, uh, kind of, kind of like the, the kind of failed spring ugline. I would have preferred them. I would have preferred them to be dressed more in some kind of rags or. Almost some kind of mummy look to them. Yep. I, th- I feel that the again, it's yep. very, very Barker. He's yeah, yeah. very leather. He <laughs> He's is dressed, cu- yeah. again like a kind of leather daddy. Curious prevailing theme that uh, keeps cropping up in the films we're choosing for. Absolutely, and he's got mm-hmm. Legion of Doom shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. He does. Um, but I, I feel I would have preferred him to look a bit more like he'd been under the ground for a long time. Yeah, it's uh, that after that initial one shot. Well, it's what we say that original shot of him coming out. He looks gnarly. Yeah, he looks, he looks like really, 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 really cool. And then after that, there's a, a very synthetic-ness about him. <laughs> Everything where you're like that. Aye, aye. Not quite sure what. And once again, that 4K restoration. Highlights it, no it. it does no favours. No, I, no like, I think pretty unforgiving. No, I, I, you, but you think to yourself when they made that movie, did they ever expect 4K to exist? Oh, Ultra no. high no. def, they're like that. We can hide the people are going to be watching this on VHS. Like, Tracking is going to be wonky. Uh, they weren't it's, on the set. They don't care. Yeah, and they then don't all of a sudden know. you're like, it feels like I'm on the set. <laughs> I don't even know what a podcast is, but people won't be talking about this movie on a podcast. Yeah. Surely not. Look at the creature. This will be forgotten in five years. <laughs> and this, uh, the, co- the conversation on this definitely won't persist 32 years after yeah, that. I, I have nothing to worry about here. <laughs> Cult following will not happen with this movie. It's going to disappear into obscurity. I'll make the next movie and everyone will love it. No. <laughs> We get like an amazing, like couple of shots in in the woods here because Rawhead. Is... I think you've missed a, a very yep. salient point though. Quickly, mm-hmm. when Neil finds his broken yep. robot, he, de- he delivers my favourite line of the film because it's so badly acted. Yeah. But he goes, "You pig! You bloody pig! <laughs> you bloody pig! You bloody pig!" <laughs> You bloody awful big it's, bastard! It's destroyed his. It's, that was his favourite toy. Yeah, and by the looks of things, there weren't many other toys. That may be. Yeah, a helicopter. Only, did he have a helicopter? What was he? A helicopter and, and some army spoiled soldiers. Spoil brat. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Helicopter, some army soldiers, and the robot. Yeah, the robot truck. Yeah, is it a robot or is it just a robot truck? I, I thought it was a transformer. But it I'm looks like not. one of those robots. Uh, put a battery in and it kind of walks forward. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I, bet, I bet it's not a real transformer. I bet it's a transmorph. Yeah, a gobot. Gobot. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, my childhood is coming back to me in waves, man. Uh, but yeah, look, we're in the woods here, and he—I think maybe what made me think he was the predator. Uh, the same actor is the way that he's treating this carcass, dragging it back, very predator. He's, like, he's, he's still lugging pre- Dennis's yeah. body around, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. like he's been, he's been dragging him for a while, hangs him up. Starts mm. feasting on his cheek. Um, <laughs> of all the num, places num, to num, go, num. that's the place he starts feasting on. And they're like getting some good eating on cheeks. There is uh, the monkfish cheek, for yeah. example. Well, I was going to say Dennis doesn't look like he skipped any meals. No, no, either. No, so it mm, looks yeah. like he's plenty eating on old Dennis. Yeah, there's breakfast. There's Olivenzies. Well, his wife's there's lunch. Yeah. His wife's <laughs> cranking out <laughs> those delicious stews every day. Yeah, nutritious, delicious, hearty filling stews. But he's getting fed upon, and this couple are trying to do it. The guy is desperately trying oh, to. He's 
slip the finger. So the hand is going she's south. Still, she's still trying to look. I just want to. I've got something important to say. I've got yeah, to tell you something. Yeah. I've got to tell you something. Shh. Like finger back of like, that. I've had an abortion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what will the police? Declan's going to be fucking furious. Oh, um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> he's never, never happy about anything. But like they catch Rawhead at this scene, and the budget can't afford a Rawhead chase scene. So what sure. we get is a camera chase scene, like a really shite Evil Dead. But they shoot right? it from yeah, a high. They shoot really it from bad. a high angle. They yeah. shoot it from a slightly elevated yeah. angle, so it looks like we're coming from Rawhead's perspective. Uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she, it's clearly just like a camera on a stick. Legs it down this 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 track. Oh, of course. And the greatest thing about that happens here is obviously she's she's running hand in hand with her bow. And she makes out to. Meanwhile, the kid is like going mental. Scatonic. He's like the other robot. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I have seen Rawhead at this point. Yeah. He is just walking around and he doesn't look normal. I still feel like if you'd seen Rawhead, your broken robot is still the, your biggest concern. I think if you're that age, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you know, you're like my, a perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, my, my, I'm a child. My imagination runs wild. That's clearly not what I saw. It was I, it was one of the pikeys and if it was, in the bush having a oh, wank. Apologies to anybody for the for the use of the word pikey. What? We meant, that's we surely not meant, bad. Surely, we surely meant traveller. Traveller. Traveller makes them sound a lot more exotic than they are. Fine. We'll right. settle on Jippo we'll <laughs> and be done with it. <laughs> well, that's fine. Well played, sir. Well played. Uh, but yeah, so he, like he's he's like trying to get everyone interested and involved. And you know that the, the neighbours are upset because they're about to have a can of like, old guys sitting down to have his beer. He's, it's been a long day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like particularly eventful day. I would yeah, say. of 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 doing traveller things. Yeah. By this point, traveller. We don't know if it's been a long day, but his day is certainly about to get a lot longer. Yeah. Well, his um, wife's just wanting a bit of attention. He's wanting a beer. You ever had that thing where you're like, you're kind of just going about your business, and then something happens, like maybe. I've been in a few situations where I've been somebody's collapsed in the street mm-hmm. or something and I've wound up getting embroiled in it and yep. then two hours later I'm like why the fuck am I sat in this hospital yeah. with a stranger why, why am like, I still, my obligation was over yeah. when the ambulance arrived yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that guy there is probably like he's just opened his Guinness like me yep. probably better than I did Let's spell in. Yeah, he's just about to take his first sit, and then all this fucking shit falls down around him. A shitstorm comes to his front door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's like, they're all. You can't, you can't dodge it. You can't like like, ignore a ignore a trouble, a crying traumatized child. Let's go and care for the young lad. He's talking about a monster. Monsters don't exist. You're being a silly little bastard. And then all of a sudden, this girl comes running out the woods all the way down. And then they don't. She's like, oh, all hysterical. And they're like, what's the matter? And she's like, tell them, Andy. And all that's left is Andy's hand. I had a bit of a problem with that. She would know. She, you'd know. Yeah, you'd yeah, know. You'd yeah. feel that. You'd feel yeah. that. Well, yeah, because we're running hand in hand with someone. It's fucking funny. There is no weight there when the, you, all you're carrying now is hand. There is weight there. Like there's a clear, there's a clear difference. Uh, but I kind of love the fact that she gets there and she looks up and she's holding a severed hand and she just lets out a scream and everyone's like, "But Jesus!" I see, like it's uh, that's genuinely <laughs> po- it's possibly like my favorite. <laughs> okay. It's possibly my favorite nonsense moment in the film. It's, it's a great really like well, in this film. Yeah, it's possible. Like, like you know, because like I think that there there are more ambitious nonsense moments in it. But yeah. see when she just looks and it's played for shock. It's, it's a, she turns yeah, around and it's she, a, it's just yeah. a sign. Is it played for? Like, that's it. It's played for shock. Comes across like a cheap gag. Hundred percent. Yes. Both of it. Both of it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 
All of it. Just want to quickly touch on the uh, just before the death of Robbie. Uh, the family have got a real sink or swim attitude to Minty taking her first outdoor pee on her own. I, being a parent of a four-year-old girl. Okay. I would say very close to the age of Minty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was I, fucking mortified by this. I don't know how. I don't know how they do things in the USA. D minus parenting. Yeah. Yeah. In Scotland, when your four-year-old child needs to go for a pee outside, you accompany them like a good parent. Yep. don't look while they're going to the toilet you stand beside them but you fucking accompany them especially in a strange field well she she does say you mustn't look to reinforce but, it she yeah. does tell <laughs> you mustn't look also like um, but like, like, like a weird like a weird choice I think from Howard to, to just be like oh yeah you got this right like considering that like in the sequence we were just talking about, mm-hmm. Howard just happens to be on one of his midnight strolls when all this is kicking off, and yeah. has and has a very kind of like vivid encounter, like very obvious encounter with Rex or yeah. Rawhead, should I say? From a dis- from a fair distance. Yeah, but I mean, like, still enough. It to could just be, just be like a, as they say, could it not have been a cow or cattle? Or cattle. Like, yeah. I know what cattle look like. But like um. Uh, <laughs> But, well, um, yeah, I, I, I would Fair say, enough. like, I, like, okay, it looks we're, fuck all, like, okay. We're splitting hairs about what we saw, but I think that, like, definitely not enough for me to be like, um, yeah, no, you just you just go and piss the field by yourself, yeah, yeah. like, um, but you yeah, know, that's that's a great bet, I think. When, yeah, when, I, I wouldn't send my, yeah. my my daughter into a, a random field at in the, a foreign at, country. At the, worst, <laughs> at the worst, what it was was a giant penis demon monster. At the best, it was a marauding werewolf. In between, leaves nothing is, but is exactly Rex. Yeah, like, it, it is in between the two is Rex. Um, you know what I mean? And that's, that's what it might be mistaken for. So yeah, I'm with you. Like, there's a very lazy, fair attitude yeah. to the kid going to the toilet here. Regardless. Plus, yeah, regardless. It's, it's, you know, like, let's just go out here. Like, she can do it herself. She needs to learn how to pee outside. I'm going to say that you don't need to learn it outside. Regardless of whether or not it's something that you feel like you need to learn to do, I don't think it's a teaching moment right now. Right in there in that moment. I don't think that then is the time. Yeah, and it's also the wrong parent to send related... Give positive Wow, compelling argument. Yes. I think think you take... The man's a parent. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I, I think as well. I think what, what, what comes out here is once again that the mother, for all intents and purposes, who will be the kind of default hero of the day, this movie at the oh, end. Absolutely, default How, being the operative word. But yeah, yes, default I, hero. She is a fairly reprehensible character up until um, that point. Potentially, but she's a bit of a shitbag pretty much the whole time, isn't she? Yeah, it's not even just that. She, she plays the much. She's a very much a mother character for the rest of the film after that. Point. Yeah, but up to that point, she's and then she really turns into a fucking badass. Like, she's like, <laughs> really so, so what you're saying is she steps up the motherhood right after her son dies. Yeah, yeah. she she, she uses yeah. her cunt magic. She uses her cunt magic. Oh, yes. Wow, there you go. The power of the cunt compels you. Wow, um, <laughs> but they, they literally what she what she does all the way up to this point is only really interested in getting her rocks off. Like, it's literally all she's interested in up to that point is she is taking any opportunity as soon as the, even if the kids are in the next room. Yeah, no, like so that's the kids. Are, the kids need to be momentarily just, distracted. Just spoon <laughs> me. Just spoon me. Re- they're reading a comic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, slap it in. Keep um, it down. I'll keep it down. I'll shut up. Bite my knuckles. <laughs> you know that she's. It's so grim. You know she's loud as well. You can tell. Oh, uh, but she's. But the thing is, like, even up to this point, she's she doesn't want to go with the kids. She'd rather sit in the car yeah. doing nothing uh, than letting her accompany her child. And what what happens is, that I think, is a great false setup in the movie because she goes round uh, yeah, there. That is a great false. Oh, think, it absolutely is. You yeah. Think the the girl's gonna die. <clears throat> we're we're fine. Everything is a-okay. The girl does not die. There's a twist on that because I don't think any women die in this movie. Am I wrong? Uh, the, the topless woman at the caravan park. She, dies. yeah, she does die. Sorry. Uh, well, but you're right though. You're right though. Like, like overwhelmingly, 
it's a ma- it's male oriented. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's quite a pro femme film. It's a very pro femme film. It mm. was ahead of the curve. Was our yeah. Clyde Barker? That's right. Um, if that was indeed the interpretation and the adaptation, but yeah, so like she's terrible, and the false setup is the girl screams. We think, well, in fact, at that point she runs out the car, even though the dad's right beside her. They both run down there, and that's when Rex decides to pick himself up a tasty little Robbie snack yeah he yeah. looms in the funniest way into the reflection see there he is <laughs> again for like a marauding beast again just like a fair amount of finesse about how he does it like <laughs> It's so fucking it's goofy. So so goofy. Go- he's so gormless looking. Considering this scene is the big emotional turn of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, it's the, the centrepiece. Co- this yeah. is the core. Because uh, Robbie doesn't make it back. Like, the dad runs up, has great difficulty getting working. Getting out the gate. Yeah, which is a gate that you pull towards you. Uh, people have then, a lot of problems getting out of doors in this film. Yeah, like, <laughs> doors, gates. Yeah, and um, he runs he runs around to the side of the car and Rex is still having a nom nom. Um and by the time he gets round the car, which Rex is not gone. a big car, gone. Rex has vanished. Just a shoe. And all there is is a, a shoe and a pile of blood, which denotes to me that kid is dead. Most well, uh, certainly. I a hundred percent. Yeah. And Universal dad, sign. Yep, the dad chases after him and we Which see brings nothing. us on quite quickly some of the best uh drawings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my favourite unintentional comedy moment by a mile. Yep. Some of the best drawings of uh, of an antagonist I've ever seen in a film. Sensation. So, yeah, so we cut to a police station where um, I'm right in saying that uh, the police chief is informed that Neil, yes. the traumatised brother from previous, yep. um, is still not talking, but he has done some drawings yep. of Rick's. And like uh, yeah, it's and yeah, it's handed over, and it is kind of a very rudimentary yeah. uh, drawing of Rawhead. Um, like it's, it evidently is done by like a yeah. six-year-old. H.R.R. Um, Geiger, this child does not. Do no, it. that's fair. Not that's fair. Yeah. But I think that, but the reaction of the police chief just being like, "Good God!" He's <laughs> yeah. like comfortably one of my favorite moments in there. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, maybe the Yanks onto something. There's yeah. a bit where they try. Someone. Tries I don't know if that's what twigs it. Someone yeah. tries to describe Rex and said, uh, "He's got red eyes and a big mouth." <laughs> Which like, is literally all you see when he's looking at you. Like, and well, okay, well, keep an eyes peeled for that. And these drawings have that. Yep. Uh, you've, you've but when he looks face on at you, though, what you see is a pair of cross-eyed red eyes. I see a hilarious lump of rubber <laughs> that just makes me so happy. <laughs> it just makes me so fucking happy. Yeah, he's like he's like I he's think, like the I first like, run at one of the Zool dogs, you know what I mean? From yeah. Ghostbusters that like they fucked up somewhere and then I feel like you could have flipped it. <laughs> rejected concept you could have flipped you could use the exact same costume and do like a kinda California man yeah. type uh Bigfoot and the Hendersons yep. kind of buddy movie because yep. he's still he's got glowing eyes and he's drooling everywhere, but he's still kinda friendly looking. Yep. Like, and it's just because of how badly he's made. He just yep. looks uh, quite You're speaking of Harry and the Hendersons, see when they ruin the drawing, the artistic drawing of him? Yes. That is scarier than Rawhead Rex. Abs one hundred percent. That is one hundred percent That's like a maniac's nightmare in that film. Yeah. That's like yeah. scribbled with a pencil look at him, by a look fucking cycle. himself. So after I mean the bad drawings, uh, they just keep mounting up mounting up. Someone else draws one. Yes. Neil draws one and is it What's her face? Minnie? Oh, does she do one as well? Well, there's two bad drawings. There's two bad drawings. Surely one of them wasn't done by Howard because he's a fucking grown man. I do. How great would it be, though, if he was just, like, sitting trembling with a back of Creoles being like, I know what I saw. But it it looks like it was drawn by... It looks like it's drawn by a kid. Definitely, for sure. Or a simpleton. Yeah, but how would she know? How would she know? Good point. She was in mid-flow. Uh, yeah, screaming. Oh, yeah, no, she's she's the worst place of anyone. She was doing the most traumatic piss of her life. (laughs) Maybe he can't, though. 
I think it may be just the, it might just be the case that he's a terrible drawer. <laughs> uh, he's got no artistic, uh, uh, no artistic bent whatsoever. Qu- questionable father, terrible yeah. drawer. Zero artistic bent. He is entirely an academic, a bookman. Yep. Book learnings, no, yeah, no, like, street, all, no street knowledge either. Yeah, like all, yeah. Like, yeah, like all academia and like no creativity and no common sense. Yeah, I would explain yeah, yeah. the cardigan jumpers. He's a researcher through and through. Do you think he's even like an idiot savant? He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? I think. I think. <laughs> yeah, sure. it's a possibility. I, th- I think. I think. Yeah, well, let's say he's the bad draw here, and uh, someone does a drawing of Rex that's and it's diabolical, not good. and no wonder the police aren't taking it serious. You know what I mean? They have two. They have two essentially photo fits that look awful. They're probably just like this boy's drawing of cattle is terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst cow I've ever seen in my life. Nowadays, there'd be so much footage of X. Like, oh God, yeah, yeah. There yeah. would be no doubt from from yeah. minute one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Particularly yeah. during the scene which I'm about to come on to. Yes. Um, in which we return to the the trailer park. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the traveller. The traveller lodge. The traveller's the travel lodge. trailer park. <laughs> Uh, no more use of the P word. Yep. Uh, apologies to my friends in, in Ireland uh, for any bad accents that reel their head again. So we rejoin the trailer park. I like the fact and, that, by the way, like the, the fact that your apology for bad accents doesn't extend to you not doing bad accents. Oh no, I'll continue to do them. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm doing is just covering my ass. Really, yeah, that's, that's, a good, that's a good thing to do. It's a good <laughs> thing to do it there. More than anything else, just make sure I've covered it. I know it's shite. Yeah, yeah. Get that on the scoreboard. <laughs> I know, I know that. You were saying though. So um, going forward into the next uh, into the next scene brings us to another new segment that we're trying out, in which we're going to hand over to uh, Claudette from the room to posit the question: What are these characters doing here? Hello. <laughs> what are these characters doing here? And in fairness, <laughs> what are what, in fairness what are these characters doing here? Yeah, we're pretty quickly introduced to five characters in a caravan, mm-hmm. just having a drink and again. kind of recounting the. Yeah. Four of the ugliest characters you've ever seen in your fucking life in any film. If you were ever going to question God's existence, now's the time to do it. Explain this, Declan. <laughs> These people are more <laughs> are more gnarly. Where's your God now, Declan? <laughs> Where's your God now? These people are more gnarly and horrifying than Rex himself. <laughs> This is right. At any point, had one of these characters just been Rex? Yeah. Infinitely scarier movie. Our one, who is arguably the most attractive character in the film, who exists... I don't think it's arguable at all. No, she, yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she uh, exists for one sole purpose. But uh, they, one guy is... He's talking shit, isn't he? He's basically flabbing out uh, his involvement with the, in the Neil story. Yeah. And, yeah, they're basically uh, recounting the encounter from earlier with Neil and... Yeah. Katrina just, the just kind of padding it out a little bit and making it sound a bit more yeah, he's bumming himself up a yeah. yeah when uh, of course uh, the, the bright red eyes the bright red googly eyes of Rex appear at the window and uh, he begins to do what Rex does and I've actually written here because I thought it was a really funny joke I've written <laughs> rawhead Rex with a W so like Rex oh what's he doing here Rex gains weirdly unrealistic strength here for a man yep. that has been stuck under a rock which a farmer moved with a crowbar. Polystyrene. Yeah, you, you would have think you would have thought Rex could have moved this stone at any given point, right? Because he tips the fucking trailer over. I mean, this thing goes over, and it's not like it's not like when you watch World World's Strongest Man, where they're like, it's like a bit yeah, of like, it's pretty easy. It's like he's made a polystyrene. It's like watching the T Rex wreck that trailer <laughs> in Jurassic Park: The Lost World. He <laughs> it's, it's like, tears through it like it's made of fucking crap. Yeah. <laughs> Just right through the like, yeah. 
rips it open like a bag of crisps. Yeah. Just like tears this, like tears it apart. He's at his most savage at this point. At no point in the rest of this movie will he be as savage no, as this. Well, um, this is carnage. Yeah. He shakes the bl- all of the blood out of one man. He, d- <laughs> he basically <laughs> just shakes a guy until he bleeds like all he's over a, the Like he's a ketchup bottle. Yep. He, uh, he, he pulls one man out by his face uh, out of the caravan, out of the upturned caravan. Yep. The beautiful woman, the most beautiful woman in the film, she's just there to be breast. She's, just, she's, she's inevitably pulled out by he her breast. Pulls her out by her breast, and I'm sure the direction was just shake her, make them wiggle, because he kind of just that is kind of so, like, bashes her off a tree and yep. shakes her about from side to side. This really registered on second watch just exactly how gratuitous that is. Yeah. but it does lead to easily where all the money's going to. <laughs> Numerous full body burns. Yep. There's carnage everywhere. People are burning and dying, and yep. cops are in flames. Yeah, Rex like, ramps it up. Yeah, it's like probably like I would say like of the kind of like set piece moments in the film, it's comfortably the most convincing one. There is a fa- yep. Yep. going from the the commentary again. George Pavlou says there is a five camera setup to shoot that. Yeah, he had five cameras. I can't believe that. Two nights. As yeah, well. two, two nights. Two five nights cameras to set that whole thing up. Yeah, to shoot all that, and it is by comparison to the rest of the film, pretty technically challenging. Oh, yeah, it's, an, it's, it's ambitious for sure. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's the, it's, the um, it's really is the centerpiece. It's when you consider how the movie ends, <laughs> which is kind of anticlimactic compared to this yeah. massive action set piece that happens. Right, a, a good. That's still about twenty minutes before yeah, the end of the film. Twenty-five minutes before the end of the film. But yeah, Rex is at this point. Rex is like Uber Rex. He's flinging things over, and he's now using his his power of control, unlike mm-hmm. any power before. We have we have a priest and a church. Yes, who is being terrorized. On the phone, to the you know he's, he's first trying to talk to Declan. Declan's having fucking none of it, right? <laughs> Declan has seriously he's he's taken a leave of his senses by this point. He's, he he's, is, he's gone to the dark place. He right? is out of his fucking mind, and he is like full full on devotee of of Rawhead Rex. He's decided that God is not no longer his savior. Rawhead Rex is, and we get which he, he sells his faith down the river pretty fast, very right? fast, yeah. very 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 fast. In fairness, if if I was some that didn't believe in pagan demons and I saw Rawhead Rex one I would think is a man in a suit but if it was proved it wasn't a man in a suit I would very quickly take up faith I'd be it's like a, yeah, it's, maybe it's all true it's way more demonstrable in a lot of ways yeah he doesn't scream pagan he doesn't no. to me no. he, do, he doesn't scream he doesn't no. scream and pagan he, to he, me. yeah no there's nothing about it that's even remotely pagan see at the point where uh, Declan starts explaining in fairly elaborate detail the mythology of it Mm-hmm. That was the point where his name changed in my notes from Declan to Reverend Cliff Notes. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> Cliff Notes. Oh, he's so good because he's like, oh, they, they banished Rex him. Exposition. Exposition, if you like. Yeah. He also comes out with one of the greatest lines ever in cinematic history mm-hmm. about just now, where he basically tells him to get up the get up the stairs, fuckface, um, <laughs> which is just like. It's overtly aggressive. Yeah, I, that, like I feel that that uh, they keep banging on about the parish records as well, yeah, which yeah. Uh, I just think sound like a really cool recording label. Yeah, the parish. <laughs> uh, yeah, like li- limited edition seven inch out now on parish records. Just like yeah, parish records. Uh, I just kept thinking, oh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with that. Uh, but, uh, He's like, we yeah. get the whole backstory. Yeah, it looks like uh, the the Reverend's going to get fucked there. It looks like he does. Reverend's he gets pushed. Him. And he I've gets, seen the film yeah. hundreds of times. Yeah, well, not hundreds of times. That, that, that would render me mad, but yeah. I probably conservatively. So that would render you, Duncan. <laughs> yeah. I have conservatively seen the film ten times. 
Yeah. I would say. And uh, each time I've seen it, I think, oh, God, he's pushed him down. Oh, God, he's going to pump him. But something I forgot to mention by this point, a key pivotal scene in the film, probably the best uh, the best scene in the whole film. And uh, I watched, uh, when we, we watched it in preparation for doing this, uh, I watched it with Mitch on his first viewing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and essentially what I did was I watched Mitch watch Rawhead Rex and I watched his face run the gamut of uh, <laughs> happiness to <laughs> blind confusion to... <laughs> mild irritation which led up to this scene uh, in which Mitch's whole face just lost all control he's he's very he's look, Declan is so devoted to Rawhead Rex Rawhead he Rex is. has an initiation yeah. process to to basically to confirm your your faith yeah your faith and your, uh, your devotion you. <laughs> cleanse you so to speak of of your sins and welcome you into the church of Rex and this may involve a scene where may involve may, it does involve it does. The, the minister is kind We're of past the point of spoilers here, is definitely. looking in, um, in wild disbelief as he kneels in front of Rex and we are behind Rex and then a hot stream of piss just like an, he's at he's right at cock level just like a hot stream of piss just comes out and douses him. And the minister at first is just like, oh, oh, oh no. You know, like, oh, oh no, Declan. Like, this, like, kind of marginally upset by this. To me, and this a bit is. Homie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, mm. when in Rome. But yeah, so he sees this, and this is the point where he's like, that, you know, like, Declan's lost it, he's off the rails. And then, yeah, like you see, we end up with this fantastic explanation on the parish records which look like pieces of paper that someone sat with a used tea bag you've done this in primary school and you you do this to age it that's what the the records look like not very convincing proper props they're all kept you know very well conditioned as well if you know what i mean and these hidden secret pagan tunnels underneath the church so just to go back again for anyone that wasn't really paying attention a priest gets urinated on by a giant monster yep Yep. Uh, Name one other movie. Yep, Name one that, other movie that happens. If that in. doesn't convince you to, to get on board, then. Yep, it's the only movie it happens in, to the best of my knowledge, and uh, it makes it special. Now, any, to any listeners out there, if you can think of other films where uh, Men of the Cloth get urinated on by a giant beast, I, I, then I we would it, I, love to know. I don't Please think send them, fire them at us. <laughs> But yeah, like, look, so we are really ramping up towards what will be... The denouement. Yes, yes, this is th- yeah. this is where anything goes in the movie. Let, let's let's ramp the chaos up. Oh, we're off the scale at this point. Yeah, like, because Rex is now, like I say, he's in full control. Declan is his disciple. And Rex now realises that all he has to do is look at someone. Uh, and he can kind of get in their brain. He's got hypno eyes. Yeah, it's those crossed eyes. <laughs> and in particular, in particular, we have we also have a scene where the priest, the minister, touches the hot box uh, and gets a flash and realises there's something going on. He realises that Hot Rex... boxing is a very different thing in my world. Is it, right? <laughs> Similar, yeah, yeah. Is it? <laughs> I, think I think they can go with either. Take either interpretation. He, but he realises that Rex is scared of this altar or mm-hmm. seems apprehensive to come near it. Yes, yeah. But we're also, because we're, we're, we're kind of ramping up all these different things, our, our, our priest isn't going to make it. Yeah, our minister is not going to make it. No. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to say Reverend Coote. I think. Reverend Coote, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, is not going to make it to the end. I love that uh, it's a four letter word, it's Coote. The first time you meet, the first time we're in the church, Howard says, Is it Coot? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, that's no English. wonder Declan's annoyed. Yeah, like, like, like straight away, he's like, who is yeah, it? Of course it fucking is. Who like, is what the fuck else is it going to be? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 is that a coit? Fuck off. But 
like we, we also have the fact that Howard is now Howard has mm. made his way there Howard is he's Howard, on a fucking mission now he, is, he has yeah. solved the mystery and the mystery that he has solved is that the stained glass windows were all broken apart in 1860 something yeah. and all put back together and like someone that's not great with jigsaws they just ran bits in their own place yeah. and he solves the puzzle that actually in this stained glass window of Rex and the bottom being removed someone is holding what looks to be a stone with a vagina on the front I was going to say a butt plug shaped stone it, well it's butt plug shaped there's a definite vaginal slit on the front okay yeah 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 yeah. Um, I don't know how else to describe it um, I'm glad that we're splitting hairs about this at this yes, point it has a, has a front <laughs> bottom um and uh and so he's like that right this must mean something because this it actually looks quite like the venus of willendorf ah you don't know this was um, i was gonna say it's no. a it's a fertility symbol um oh, it's essentially right. like a, i hesitate to use the word fat let's go with curvy uh of yes. a curvy woman <laughs> with yep. large uh, pendulous breasts mm-hmm. in fact, i'll show you i'll show you uh, yeah. it's got a, it is like that yeah, yeah you're spot on kind of yeah. quality to it yes yeah i mean this is a this is a, uh, a so great thing it, to do in an audio presentation yeah, yeah. Uh, look at, if you want to know what it looks like either watch the film or look up the Venus of Willendorf. There you go. But I do, I do agree, though. We like to educate as well as uh, as well as entertain. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's I, I like it. I like it. So he solved the puzzle, um, but he doesn't know how this is going to relate. And this is where we get the police scene. Of and course. the police scene is fucking amazing because we get a lot of people saying, "All oh, for you, all oh, for you," to, to Rex, who's literally just standing at the back, going, "Ah." <laughs> 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 we weird like the, guys. Like the worst fucking game show host yeah. in the world. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> ah, come on. Ah, yeah. Love me. Love me. Yeah, like that literally. Yeah, it's it's it, it's quite hilarious because the police all take up position, all armed. Because Legit. Yeah. Yeah, they're all they've all got their guns there. They're doing the whole car is parked. They are behind. Oh, yeah. Defend themselves, etc. Mm-hmm. Except one police officer who has very, very quickly decided that um, fire is the way to go and well, self-immolates himself and everyone else. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a great scene, which, like we say, took two days to shoot. Yeah. And it is the big boom. It literally the big boom. Of course, boom that's of not the same scene as the caravan park. How foolish of me. It's, yeah. yeah, it's... it's, rid- it's rid- this is full-on, over-the-top action. And this is the point where you're like, is Rawhead Rex going to get accidentally good at the end? No. You don't need to worry about that. It's still awesome, but it doesn't get good at the end. Uh, if anything, it kind of tones back down. It yeah, kind of goes on this curve and starts to descend, very much like a plane coming in for, for landing. What you have is this this whole scene where they wipe out all the, the local constabulary are gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rex has got what he's wanted. He's also killed the chief. Doesn't almost everyone else die as well? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. The, the town. <laughs> the whole town. Again, uh, we could throw back to Claudette. Yeah. <laughs> Just like... Because none of these people matter. No, they're fodder. They're uh, fodder for the they are meat for the beast and a Clyde Barker. Oh, I'm wearing the top and that's so yes, just coming back to So they are, but we're now on the ascension of, of how this movie's gonna go. We have our hero, Howard, maybe, question mark. Oh. But he's, question. he's the least heroic hero ever. He's just he's He's a pure wet blanket. He is Tom Hanks in any of those Da Vinci Code movies. <laughs> It's what he is. Yes. He's, a guy, he's, he's a guy who solves the symbol puzzle, uh, but then realises that he can't use the symbol, so making him pretty useless. Mm. In fairness, he doesn't even solve the puzzle. The priest, <laughs> the minister that's dying tells him, it's the altar. He's scared of the altar. You know, it's, once again, sorry for the accent. But yeah, so he's, he's, yeah, is it the Indiana Jones scenario here? Without Howard in this movie, do all the events unfold pretty much the same way then? Rick still gets released. You imagine the wife yeah. leaves Ireland. Well, they're not in Ireland to begin with, are they? So there we go. That shoots that one down. 
but yeah, so we're now we're now heading towards the end, and Howard is going to defeat the beast by running to the altar, which he can't touch because it's hot. Is Correct. it hot or is it in power? I don't know. Well, this is the I've thing. I've got no idea what the fuck's I, going on when they touch it. Like I said, it gets very dark placey. They touch it and their hand is red and kind of scarred after. I, my, my assumption yeah. was always that it was like Barney, but it also caused... <laughs> Barney. <laughs> Barney, I like that. There's a bit in that but place. I think it also in, brings on psychotic In the episodes, first episode yeah. of that place, there's a bit where uh, Matt Berry shakes Alice Lowe's hand yep. like, very early on and he kind of just... <laughs> and a whole cacophony of mad shit kicks off around them. It just plays very much like Dark Place to me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's, it, I love it. It's kind of amazing, but he can't open it. Like, so he it's uses like, a it, candlestick to wedge this thing up. And while he's lifting it up, it's like they're opening the Ark of the Covenant. Like, it's like all the smoke's bellowing out the it's red. It's the like, least, <laughs> it's the worst reveal of anything yeah, like, What's he going to bring out of this? Is it like, I don't know, like, like a sword, an amazing like bejeweled a, dagger? A holy flamethrower? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I really wish it was a holy flamethrower. Is it Rex's fleshlight? Oh, fuck. I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand of flashlights. A giant Rex flashlight. I'm sorry, Mitch. Is that the point we've gone too far? Just a big mouth with teeth. <laughs> Rex is one big weakness. Um, yeah, so, like, but he takes it out, and there's this little stone statue. It's this wee stone statue. And you're like, is that it? It's not great. No, it's not great. It's, it's a shit prop. It's ill-conceived. I think it's arguable that like this probably wasn't anyone's vision for it. No, like, certainly not Clive Barker. No, no. You were going, <laughs> yeah, we have to touch on like seriously. This never, never seen someone so angry about it. Maybe Stephen King and The Shining comes close. Oh, uh, you know, where at least The Shining's The Shining. Come on, Stephen King. Um, it could have been Rawhead Rex. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, it's, you know, that man in the beer suit could have been Rex. The old woman in the bathroom could have been Rex. Stephen <laughs> King, with his own vision, made Maximum Overdrive. This is true. This is true. So, and that's, that's, uh, you need a question. You need yeah, a question as to. Stabs Kubrick's <laughs> comeback every single time. He's like, nah, you really? <laughs> so Rex confronts him in the graveyard. Closing scene. Yep. And wouldn't you believe it, it's not as simple as just holding the statue above your head. Yeah, Howard makes himself look like a right dick. Because he's... <laughs> he's like... So true. He's like, Be gone! <laughs> so it's supposed to be the big hero moment. Right, he's like, Be gone! And Rex is like... He's like... He's like... Um, he's like now I'm going to do to you what I did to your son. <laughs> he's like... He's like... Uh, what's his face? <laughs> Griswold from like uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where he's trying to connect the connectors <laughs> and he's just losing it. Just losing his shit because the lights aren't coming on. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. I mention that because the light show that comes up here is very reminiscent of the light show in National Lampoon's... And a bit like... Uh, a bit uh, like... Uh, a low rate Raiders of the Lost Ark it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing <laughs> like this is maybe where all the money went actually this digital effect here I disagree <laughs> I think I think there's there's. I think at the time 1986 I think these things there are some mind boggling composites in this like, oh yeah where you're like mm. no it don't make sense either yeah, none no, of this nothing, looks nothing makes, yeah none of it makes <laughs> sense either um, but yeah he holds it up doesn't work Rex gives up what, Rex kills Declan who is fucking overjoyed yes take me <laughs> Take me, Rex! 
and Rex is just like, yeah, I'll bite your neck. There you are. Rah! I think that like Declan's actually afforded one of the better deaths in the film. Yeah, well, it has been peed on though. So yeah. I, at the same time, he's... I can only imagine he smells so could... quite unpleasant. Yeah, yeah, but like I suppose, <laughs> I suppose you're affording him a kind of base level courtesy by giving him a kind of fairly dramatic or fairly kind of yeah, like fancy death. <laughs> perhaps you're perhaps you're less offended by the smell of your own micturation than uh, perhaps uh, Duncan might be. Yeah, if I peed on you. Yeah, I colourful. I like where this recording's gone. I hadn't, I hadn't anticipated to get into your waistband. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, like all the more on Stitcher Premium. He, he gets he gets fucked out of the way. Drops the statue. Rawhead Rex is going to finish him off, and for no reason at all, his wife appears. She's got no knowledge of events whatsoever. No. no I context. think much less what like, to do with the stone when she yeah, gets there. Yeah. I would like to posit that she picks it up. She d- and the rest. <laughs> Happens organically. I get you like, like she's when you know, like, you know. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> she lifts it. She does lift it. Like she's Simba just like, oh, oh fuck, he's dropped it. This must have been. Imp- this must have been important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh I really just want someone on the internet to when she lifts it to just ah, Needs to happen. Needs to happen. Then she lifts it up, and then all of a sudden, like Blackpool Illuminations kick into full gear. A strange woman wearing a gagool for no reason at all, a gagool in a red dress, appears behind her, holding her hands out like yeah. Like, like, and it's a, it's a plastic sheet she's wearing. Like oh, look at it, it's a plastic clearly. sheet. Um, because budgets. And she's like, oh no, like this. And then all Can of a I sudden, see my costume. <laughs> there you go. This is it here. I'll wrap it round you. I was kind of. It's a tarpaulin. I was kind of expecting something more. Well, that's what you've got. It's not a tarpaulin. It's yeah. a costume. It's a costume. <laughs> it's a costume. Right. Well, let me remove that peg from it. It's a costume. And she like she like so she, all the lights start going, and then the overwhelming message of this movie is that pussy will age you and that is yep that's right go on there go on there because Rawhead Rex has the lifeblood taken from him ages horribly very 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 quickly drops Mm. on top of a a grave now we're going to talk about this grave because I'm fairly sure this is not how graves work no they're not they're not hollow they're not hollow and drop like about 10 feet they're not collapsible yeah yeah but and this and this (laughs) seems quite dangerous yeah it does like someone accidentally steps over it who might be slightly heavy for the the base level or age and time what you you mean might be slightly heavy like a 10 foot tall monster yes (laughs) I I, I would quite heavy I would like to say that earlier on we had a rather rotund gentleman who died at the hands of Rawhead Rex and he stood on that he would have went to his death yep that's reasonable yep and uh, Rex falls on it and at this point we can't have the woman we can't have the woman stealing all the thunder here of the death and Howard delivers the death blow by hitting Rex in the head which opens the chasm below and Rex falls to his death the end now I would like to say I wish it had been (laughs) because then what we have is the tagged on carry the carry moment yeah which is just Hilarious, so bad. Hilarious, it's hilarious, and and how how tagged on it is. Have you ever seen the movie The Prophecy? Not the Christopher Walken one, the Mutant Bear movie. No, no, I don't believe so. That might be a future one. Okay, for you guys, right? That's uh, Duncan too. Yeah, that may be a future two. one. Has the best sleeping bag death in a movie ever, and I shit you. Better than uh, yep. Kane Hodder smashing yep. someone off a tree. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to yep. go to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hands down, right? It has the same ending. It's the same ending. Uh, it's the carry ending but it's shot at exactly the same angle and it is a creature going <laughs> there's so many films how, 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 how long do I need to hold this raw like <laughs> what, 20 seconds 
Again, though, I feel like because he's so open about his uh, the influences and the homages that he's put into it, mm-hmm. um, like there is very much a very clear Wickerman thing that he admits, and yep. obviously he very openly holds his hands up to the "Don't Look Now" thing. Yeah, um, I feel that this is a blatant carry moment. Of course. Uh, in a graveyard. Yep. Um, Serene music playing, yeah. camera pans they over. They bring Neil back for some reason. Neil! <laughs> Neil, who was the hidden MVP of this movie. Can I get the a now... high five, anyone? Oh, no. wow. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave you hanging <laughs> on that one. <laughs> He's a bloody pig. But he goes to his grave. He visits his, That's a nice his prick of a brother. Yeah, his prick of a brother is awful. Yeah, I mean, that brings us nicely to the end. Uh, uh, to me, it's just such a uh, ending. And the, uh, for fuck's it makes sake. me wonder who thought this movie was getting a sequel. I really genuinely thought, like, when watching this, at what point during this production were they like that? We can explain all the inconsistencies in the sequel. Now, I said that about uh, when we did the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai episode yes. with Billy Cuckwood. At the end of the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, it comes up, uh, Buckaroo Banzai will return in yep. Buckaroo Banzai versus the World Crime League. World Crime yes. League, yep, yep. Now, I said to Billy, this has gone through a whole edit. Mm-hmm. They've watched it. They've seen what the fuck they've, they've shot. They've seen how little sense it makes when it's cobbled together into a film. They've left that in. Yeah. They're confident enough to leave confident that in. Confident enough to leave that in. I guess it's the same the same kind of thing. Weird things happen. Is it again, is it hubris yeah. to think? Is it, yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, like, to think that this is franchise making, this has franchise potential. I think it's. I think it's a. I think you can never tell. I, I think that's the weird thing about it. Like you hear all these stories about um, filmmakers that genuinely think. Yeah, they they, they appreciate their movie, but mm-hmm. genuinely think. And studios genuinely think when this movie comes out, it'll be not very successful. The one that springs to mind is something like uh, Time Bandits, which mm-hmm. the studio thought was going to bomb. It was going to be awful, and it was number one. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Billboard in America, um, and you know that movie's fantastical. It's out there. It's weird. It's wacky. It's world building and all the rest. So what makes that movie connect with audiences and something like, uh, you know, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen or a movie like Brazil? I know I'm just gillian, like, yeah, totally like, just going to... Your mind, like, yeah. But um, when you look at something like The the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, which definitely fits within that kind of mm-hmm. style, oh, what makes some of them land and others not work? And what makes anyone think, though, that Rawhead Rex being the movie it is... At the end of that, is going to have a. I, I just that blows my mind because I don't think you work on that project and you like you say you get to the end of that movie and don't see the right. Well, we had a good run, guys. But maybe I mean I think it's hard to tell. I mean, mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, it's hard to tell what you've got. Yeah. Until you sit down in an edit and you start cobbling it all together, and then you realise hmm, creature doesn't look the best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the acting's quite bad. <laughs> You're like, oh. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, some of this is quite unconvincing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And you cobble it together, and then you're you're left with a spiral footage of Rawhead popping out a grave. Yeah. And you're like, well, we could leave, I could leave it here. And then someone, a producer, presumably says, "What happened to the the scene of uh, Rawhead <laughs> popping out that grave that we shot just for a laugh?" And you go, well, "I was going to bin it. Where yeah. I thought it was definitely, I thought it was like a joke." Or yeah. a uh, and you go, "No, no, no." Get that tagged on. That's yeah. fucking. That's a that's a sequel potential right there. Yeah, this it's... is this is going glow. This is going. This is going huge. We're talking Jason seven, eight, nine films. <laughs> what I thought was interesting. Rawhead take Golly. Uh, was, uh... 
no. bad I want to see that now. Um, uh, I thought that what was interesting about the carry moment was that he didn't just like it wasn't just him like jumping out with Neil. Yeah, like he just, he just from yeah, a nearby no. grave. Neil <laughs> like, walks away absolutely unscathed. Yeah. I'm totally oblivious. Uh, yeah, it's, so, it's a weird, it's a weird mo- it's, I like kind of wink at the audience. Yeah, it's like almost. 50 yards away. He yeah. just appears and looks at, yeah, at the camera <laughs> rather than at Neil. Yeah, and it doesn't, it, once again, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. it, do, it doesn't make sense. Like, what, 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 how do you stop Raw Hedrix? Do you need to put the penis obelisk back on top? Is that is that how we stop him coming out? Because the dick that, stick. Yeah, the dick stick. Oh, man, we should have used dick stick earlier. Cockrock. Do you know how the. Oh, my oh, God. Man. That is majestic. Right at the end here. And this is the, like, this is. Oh. Sorry guys, we've missed mileage. I'm on fire now. We've missed mileage. (laughs) Um, But yeah, right. There's nothing else for it. (laughs) Sit down. We're doing it again. (laughs) Rewind. Um, But so yeah, it's it's a weird. It it feels like a tagged on ending. To be honest, at this stage, most horror movies in '86 are doing this. Like American ones, anyway. Yeah, one eye on what's next. Can we franchise this? You know, horror is even in '86 is huge. So can we? And the more fantastical, the more ridiculous tends to benefit your movie and your audiences. Well, Rawhead qualifies. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe there's maybe there's a thought about that. It's not a great... It, it makes me howl with laughter every time I see it because it's so ridiculous. It's like the most ridiculous thing ever. It's like an aged Rawhead Rex howling at nothing. Howling I, at I, you. I, I, well, my, another yeah. man's mouth in yeah, his well, mouth. Yeah, and you can see that once again. 4K... <laughs> What the fuck's yeah? It's a blessing it's a, and a curse. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a proper cold light of day job, isn't it? When you see yeah, and but that's that's the end of your journey, right? You, you've you've now experienced raw head wrecks, and I am keen. I I already kind of know how you feel about the movie, Andy. I I, I already kind of already because you, you, you were you don't were I don't know. No, I, I will tell you. I enjoy watching raw head wrecks, uh-huh. but I would say objectively. I've never really liked it. All right, right, cool. I will watch it most times anyone suggests watching it, and it's a film that I will suggest that people watch. Mm-hmm. That's not to say I am a massive fan of it. Right, um, right. I find I'm a, I'm a massive proponent of practical effects, mm-hmm. but for me, less is more sometimes. Well, you get the creature very early in this movie, and it's not and a it's creature for effect. the whole yeah, yeah. fucking film. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I have to deal with a terribly bad creature effect that pulls you out of the film yep. quite often and turns what could be quite an effective little film mm-hmm. it renders all the all the darker moments that could that could be more of the kind of on the horror side teeter slightly onto the comedy side mm-hmm. so it never sits quite right with me in that but it's a film that I've got a fair amount of affection for mm. um, but for reasons beyond it necessarily being a good film I think it comes down to it comes down to like uh, the, the modus operandi of your show is to Defend movies that are perhaps indefensible. <laughs> that are, yeah, that are perhaps indefensible. And like I, I spoke to you before we started recording, and I said that you know pushed to give a technical grade. Like you know, mm-hmm. if, if I was sitting here doing the old Roger Ebert thing of of like properly critically grading this movie, it fails in almost oh, yeah. every aspect. Yeah. And that somehow adds to its charm. It oh, yeah. adds to its rewatchability. I have watched Rawhead Rex a lot more than I have watched movies that I would say are excellently shot, excellently acted. I've watched Rawhead Rex more than I've watched The Godfather. Yeah, I've definitely. Or I can the, the, the aforementioned Godfather. Yeah. Or films like Taxi Driver, which I've seen a few times. Yes. But I've seen Rawhead Rex way, way yeah. more. I, I, I and think, I'll watch Rawhead yeah. Rex probably more times over the, the course of my life from this point on than I will again Taxi Driver yeah. not to say I won't revisit Taxi Driver so things like that. if I it win. comes yeah if it comes down to the, the the only way I can ever defend a movie like this um, is is on a feeling it's always on a feeling with me because 
the the genre that we are all heavily invested in mm-hmm. it plays heavily into your nostalgia it plays very much into entertainment and if we're being honest not a lot of horror movies are overtly dark or overtly scary you you kind of grow out that and what scares one person doesn't scare the other so what you're left with is does the movie entertain does it stay with you afterwards i remember every character in this movie i remember every goofy scene in this movie i can <laughs> quote lines from this movie i can i can tell you about how bad the effects are i can i can talk passionately about things that i should not be able to talk passionately about and that to me on some level is is kind of the definition of a a a good bad movie but in a a lot of respects is a definition of a good movie a good song isn't necessarily the most complicated song ever written it's the song that you hum it's the structure and how it's put together yeah and i mean don't get me wrong yeah that's how you feel i i would say that Rawhead Rex is well not a great film yeah. it's a film worth watching it is it most is most certainly yeah and the length of it you know I mean like everyone everyone should be made watch it that's it how doesn't it. outstay its welcome yeah. again which, which is something on the show passage. that we like we do like things on this show that tend to move at quite a clip mm-hmm. like, yeah. like at a decent clip and yeah. don't outstay their welcome that's true yeah. now I'm going to hand over to you Mitch <laughs> yeah. for Mitch's analysis alright so um, I did like it's what you're saying about things feeding it nostalgia and stuff I obviously didn't have that Oh, right. Because yeah. I saw this for the first time on Friday, Friday night. And then uh, <laughs> the last time I watched it was last night. Um, <laughs> twice. Uh, so, um, <laughs> twice in a week as well. I know. Hey, hey if a job's it. worth doing, it's worth doing right now. I love it. Uh, so, what I would say is, I mean, like, I. Um, I would agree. I mean, like, I think that, like, I don't think it's ever, like, I don't think it's something that you could stand back and admire as a technical feat of any kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say that genuinely, I would say after, when we were watching it for the first time, or when I was watching it for the first time, when we watched it together, I would say we got to about the 20 minute mark and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> I, and I, was, I was like, I'm not sure about this. And like, um, and as I was gonna like, did that ever see what? Did that feel ever a bit? Well, not like honestly, maybe not during the first viewing, right? So it's like, so we're watching it, and I remember like a couple of times, and you go see me. I remember like Andy was saying, it's like somebody should have recorded me watching it. Yeah, especially as it gets towards the end, because you kind of just saw me kind of like furiously grasping from a notepad, grabbing a pen, and then just stopping because I didn't know what to write. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I should say something, but uh, ah, never mind. Um, and then when I watched it again last night, um, just kind of just for the sake of rounding things out, I kind of got quite a lot more out of it. But I think also kind of I started kind of appreciating appreciating it on the level you were talking about. Yeah. And um, but also I think I just started noticing a lot of things like just the kind of bare psychosis of Declan and things like that. When I kind of like I everyone in this is going hundred percent. Yeah, I think with the possible th- exception of Howard, who I feel is a bit of a Mister Rogers, as we discussed. But like, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a weird, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing where to me the the greatest the greatest bad movies are one are the movies where people everyone on set really thinks they're bringing in gold. Yeah, yeah. you know, right, they feel right like they're making the something. Yeah. they're making uh, one and, of those films is going to stand the test. Yeah, of and then, a diamond. Yeah, and then diamond. it comes out and you realize that people couldn't have been any more wrong. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I, this is exactly right because I, I got the end of the first screening, and I would say like I, I the the what the fuck thing didn't. I, I, I was joking. I was like about twenty minutes in, I was a bit like, what the fuck's this? But yeah. like by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, yeah, okay. When I watched it last night, I kind of started to. It was that thing. There was an earnestness to it that I really enjoyed. And um, like I say, I think without ever necessarily appreciating it on the levels that they set out for me to, <laughs> uh, I would say that I, I got a decent amount of it. And I think that like, uh, like I enjoyed hearing you talk about it tonight in such impassioned tones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I brought a bit of colour to it. And I think when it's all been that fresh, I would say like, yeah, I, from, I would say, from my first impression being that I was done with it, I would say I'll almost certainly watch it again. And to your point about, to, to, to your point about watching it, watching it more than great films, I would say that like, I will see this more times before I die than I will say 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's fair. We you know will I mean? take that. We will take that. More than roots. <laughs> like, so I think we've all come to a pretty conclusive agreement that uh, well, it might not be the best film ever made, and I'm sure everyone can agree. I can take a test to yeah, that. I don't think you were ever coming in trying to convince us. No, that. I don't no. think you were. You were coming in here banging on the table saying it's Oscar worthy. It's. it's... <laughs> It's not. There's an Oscar for bad movies. I would, uh, I, I would, I would really like Steve McQueen to direct the remake of this. Uh, just a quick, uh, yeah, let's just quickly yeah, yeah. touch on that. So uh, the remake. Who would you cast? Oh. Oh for for. Oh. Rawhead, Rawhead. I'm gonna put in a case for Javier Botet. I would reimagine him yeah, a little you get bit. Javier Botet as a as a yeah. As a, Howard, Howard played by Michael Fassbender. He's Irish already. So oh, I love easy. that. Yeah, yeah, you, well, Howard's American. Yeah, but you could have him as an Irish American. Mm. Oh, or you could set it in England. Either yeah. way, yeah. 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 Oh. coming back home, oh, grew yeah. up in the village. Oh, that's great! Like, slight Anyone change. Always, always a wee bit weary about that church. Uh, Michael Fassbender is a great shout for Howard. Yeah. I, I, I can't top that. Um, who would you have for um, Howard's wife Elaine? Who would you have for Elaine? Kind of tricky. <sighs> See, it's, I've dropped this on us, and now no one's got a fucking idea what to say. <laughs> yeah. So we get ten minutes of silence on the uh, podcast I, I, coming I, up yeah. now. Everyone humming and hand. Make, make maybe make her a bit older. Make maybe make her Barbara Crampton. I would love a Crampton. bit. Of, yeah, so you bring Crampton. in that American. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, there you go. Make That's... the kids teenagery. Bring them in a bit more of that. More teenagery. Yeah, bring in more yeah. of that sexualized thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, like that. uh, That's good. Yeah. yeah. Barbara yeah. Crampton. Yeah. Michael Fassbender. Would, I'd like and to see Barbara Crampton on screen. I'd gold. like. I don't know if I would cast Crampton and Fassbender as as husband and wife. Just totally Uh, like out there. But I I think I'd like to see like a like someone like a Reese Shearsmith or someone as Declan. Um, (laughs) Just like just screaming his fucking head off. Just be great at it. Be great at it. You know who I would cast opposite Barbara Crampton as Howard? Okay, David Strathairn. Well then, good call, Mitch. Look at you. Well, there we go. If anyone's listening, and this, if uh, if Clive Barker's listening, if David Strathairn's listening, <laughs> if David David Strathairn's keep, keep listening, fucking love your work, man. Keep, <laughs> keep, keep that, keep that, uh, kind of keep that, uh, that Stuart Gordon thing going on yeah. there. Reverend Coop played by um, what's his face from Reanimator, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs, get some Combs in there. Yeah, we love Reverend Combs, Combs, not Reverend, Coop. Oh, Reverend is Combs. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. <laughs> so you is that how yeah. you pronounce it? There you go. So if you are listening, Clive Barker, uh, just uh, take these ideas and run with them. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Um, Aside from that, I think we can all agree that while not the best film in the world, Rawhead Rex is absolutely worth checking out. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways to do that in this day and age as well. Ah, It's available um, on all the digital platforms in the UK. Yeah, for rent. Yep. Yep. You can check it out on uh, Arrow Videos Blu-ray, which has just recently come out. 4K. 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 And uh, the Kino Lorber. Yeah, release which I as well. also own. Yeah, which reason. is also for, oh, of course, which is do. also for some reason 4K. 4K as well. Uh, so, it's yeah, so gloriously unnecessary. You can check it. it out on all of those. Uh, yeah, lots of ways to uh, check out Rawhead Rex if you would like to. And um, yeah, I think that yeah, off the back of this, I think that we can all unanimously say that you should definitely watch it. I would say definitely watch it. Watch it right now. Yeah, watch it right um, this minute. So, Duncan, what do you have coming up? Anything you want to talk about or plug? Um, so, Podcast Under the Stairs is it's supposed to be a weekly podcast. It's now running about two to three episodes a week. Um, wow. Which is just nuts. It's just the amount of 
horror there is out there. I was going to say, where'd you get the time? But we're, con- we're churning out too. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, this is what you do. This is what you do. So um, at the moment, I am doing a kind of multitude of different things. Um, I'm looking at, I think by the time your episode drops, there'll be the second part of a two-part series looking at the Blind Dead movies. Cool. So yeah. parts mm-hmm. three and four from that. Um, I'm also currently doing like a, like a, you through the 88, the 88 Italian collection? Yeah, I'm going through the entire collection because I own them all and 90% of them are still in their shrink wrap. Um, which... And 90% of them are, are utter tosh. Uh, at the moment, I've not come across one that I dislike. Um, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to I'm working my way through them. Some of them are dribble. There's a whole lot of them I've never seen before, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. But, yeah, um, if anyone wants to check that out, it's tputzcast.com or facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. Thank you very much for having me on this. Oh blast. no! I thank, love you. This. thank you for coming on. This Can't has been amazing. Time I laugh this has been insane. This has been insane. <laughs> like so, uh, yeah, amazing. Thank yes. you, man. Have, have we had a commentary longer than the film? We're definitely longer than the film. That's standard. There we go. <laughs> Duncan, thanks a lot for stopping by, man. Thank you, man. So there we go. A convincing sell from Duncan McLeish on uh, Rawhead Rex, and we're going to take a minute now to have a wee look at some of the feedback we've built up <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Um, uh, I just want to say just off the bat it seems uh, quite clear that I was in the minority uh, certainly with my opinion of detention yeah I mean we can get to that but I'm, I'm not going to lie I'm pretty happy with the response on that one but um, so we haven't had a feedback section yet and as a result we're kind of just going to catch up on a couple of things that people have weighed in with over the last couple of weeks so we did get some uh, some pretty interesting responses to both the choice and the episode uh, when we had uh, Bakuru Banzai the Adventures of Bucky Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, <laughs> as chosen by uh, Mr. Billy Kirkwood. Sure. Um, so there was some good Facebook and Twitter responses to this. So um, what do we have on Twitter for uh, Bucky Banzai? <laughs> we have the at the Chris Bowd. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If not, you can tell me that I'm not, and I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll sort it next time. Uh, uh, so he said uh, again, assuming Chris is a, a man. Uh, it could be a, a female Chris. It's an outstanding movie. That end credits theme is immense. I think we can all agree that the the end credits to Buckaroo Banzai are probably the best end credits to any film ever made. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Unanimous. And uh, at Nazi says, uh, just finished another great episode of Strong Violent PC. Suck up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Buckaroo Banzai is my jam. Hong Kong Cavaliers forever. Absolutely. And we also had a five-word review come in uh, on Buckaroo Banzai from Chris Angel. Presumably not the magician. Um, <laughs> no, I don't believe so. But that, yeah. um, uh, does it, do we have a Twitter handle for him? Uh, we've got at Tenshi San. At Tenshi San 73. Okay. He says, my brain hurts so much, which I feel is, again, pretty apt. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah that kind of makes perfect sense. Um, And I think like uh, we allowed a hashtag for that, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a hashtag, <laughs> yeah, there is a hashtag on that which is, uh, but in a good way. So, uh, yeah, it says, brain hurts so much but in a good way. Which, oh, yeah, I'll uh, Not in an aneurysmic way. Which is good, I'm glad. <laughs> which is a bad way or a tumoric. Tumoric. Tumorific. I was going to say tumoric, uh, but that's not that. That's not what that is. Tumoric's the, the, the wonder space. Yeah, Apparently, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Turning to Facebook, we had a couple for Buckery Banzai. Uh, oh. um, we had a Mike Zimmerman comment saying, I can't wait for this absolute favourite movie when uh, uh, when we announced that we selected it. Yeah. Which, um, which I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go and say it's my absolute favourite movie, but... Uh, <laughs> it's Billy's. <laughs> it's definitely Billy's for sure. Um, also, um, quick shout to uh, Barry Delgarno, who got in touch on Facebook and uh, provided us with um, a solid selection of hashtags. A slew of things. Um, he went for a uh, hashtag it's big bootay 
Bye. <laughs> uh, hashtag so laugh while you can, monkey boy. Mm-hmm. Hashtag gold bloom cowboy, which I think is probably the most pertinent of all. Like a gold bloom cowboy. And yep. also, um, uh, hashtag Wes Anderson sold the end credits for the Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, which is um, kind of defeats the purpose of a hashtag, but a salient point. I yeah, feel. yeah he, ju- he could have just written that. I mean, like that's a I sentence, think, but yeah. like, uh, but yeah, he's hitting the nail on the head. He also actually, um, but, and again, we are not saying that that's the truth. That's an opinion. Yeah, it's an opinion, absolutely, and it is Barry's opinion. And he also did actually. He um, he also mentioned he commented on the catchiness of the main theme. Can't argue with that. And he did compliment the Arrow release, which was the one that uh, you'd mentioned in the yeah, run-up. Yeah. He also drew attention to the fact that um, if you're looking for a little bit more uh, buckaroo for your buck, uh, you can get the uh, US The Shout Factory release, which apparently has an exclusive two-hour documentary on it. So uh, take it on from that. Um, so uh, straight on to uh, last week's episode then, Detention. Um, so, um, so you go first with this one. So, Because I would say that yeah, the, I think that this like is pretty said, divisive. The, feed, the feedback. I mean, really? I well, feel I mean, like the, the feedback that reviews. I read was pretty demoralizing on my part. I was like, how come I'm the only fucking person that doesn't get this? Like, what is wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? And then a few people kind of swooped in. Uh, so yeah, to, who, to my defense, who kind of uh, who were the kind of edifying influences for you here? Who were the ones who were kind of? On I your feel side? like uh, again, uh, Chris Angel. <laughs> Tenshi-san73 on Twitter yeah Tenshi-san73 swooped back in with never freaking heard of it uh, which is fine (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we had uh, standing I hope you have now that'll do yeah and uh, Aunt Magic Mercer on Twitter came in with uh, watch Britney Spears toxic instead ah a cheeky wee nod which is pretty good now this Um, one uh, this next one kind of straddles the line between uh between both of us, really, it kind of he's kind of sitting on the fence here, uh-huh. um, and it's from uh, at Darren underscore Gaskill, uh, who <laughs> has said, uh, who tweeted that as it's irritatingly smart assed but occasionally brilliant. Now I just want to say that Darren's hyphenated smart assed in an attempt to get six words in where five was the remit. That's cheeky, but uh, I'll, I'll allow it's it. Cheeky, very cheeky. But Darren, you just want you to know we've got our eyes on you. We're watching you. Also, Dar- Darren actually got in touch with a little bit of a longer remark on detention, which kind of uh, continues this kind of landing in the middle right. uh, thing. So um, he got in touch saying. Um, First off, he also he praised your reference to uh, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Well, there you go. Ref for the opening credits. That's brilliant. Um, but uh, his overall comment was, I found it all quite smug. Attention. <laughs> uh, Shanley Caswell is pretty good, but she kept reminding me of Rachel Lee Cook and She's All That. I have nothing against Rachel Lee Cook, but I actively fucking detest She's All That. <laughs> um... Which I quite enjoyed. Um, and then he lands kind of like in the middle because he closes with, will I watch Detention again? Probably. Hmm. So um, actually, shout out to Darren Nog. because he actually went to the trouble of buying it. Yeah, he went and bought it. Yeah, I actually um, know a few people who went and bought it. Yeah, uh, um, yeah and uh, yeah, pretty non-committal though from Darren. From I don't know if it's necessarily non-committal, just very opinionated. But he's just yeah. kind of landing all over the spectrum with the. Uh, but like, you know, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. all his bases. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but I think it's a good representation. Everything of the... to everybody. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's precisely that. Um, but yeah, no, I did have. Um, uh, so I, I actually enjoyed this one. Um, uh, Danny Naylor uh, oh, at Dan right, Naylor's okay. tweet on Twitter. Um, he uh, posted a couple, but um, he listened to the episode and the first thing that he sent us was barely five minutes in and Andy's foaming at the mouth. I think that might have been the point where I was going... <laughs> I think it was like when you were actively quite mad about it and you were kind of... Uh, 
you were kind of uh, getting increasingly enraged at the fact that I thought was quite funny. See, this is the fucking... But uh, yeah, I was pretty incensed. Yeah, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, we had uh, Mike Sawcross, Shocky69, on Twitter, got in touch and said... Cameraman uh, extraordinaire. Cameraman extraordinaire, yes. Yep, yep. Um, Snapper to the stars. Got in touch saying, even without hearing the argument against the film I'm on your side, Mitch, I love detention. So, um, no comment on whether or not my argument was compelling at all, but definitely, uh, more importantly, I'm definitely right. Um, Fake news. <laughs> well, um, uh, Adam Tyler eighty nine got in touch. I'm with you, Mitch. I love detention. Um, big thank you also Adam, to also wrong. Um, uh, Joey LDG gets in touch on Twitter. I loved block capitals. I love detention. You leave detention alone. I'll kill you with approximately eight O's, um, which I quite enjoyed. Thanks, thanks, Joey. Also, like um, a really good gif accompanying that one with um, uh, Billy threatening Clapton against the locker like that. And um, also, uh, Grant the Bear, that's comfortably dumb on Twitter, gets in touch, uh, which I quite enjoyed, uh, got in touch saying, one of my all-time favourite movies, so uh, so stylistic. Like Come a, on to fuck. Like, like a horror version of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which no is... No way. Um, a compar- f- oh. Yeah, he's a wise man. Um, he, also got, he also said that I won the argument, my arguments were more compelling and thought out, so fuck you. I remember seeing that, and I replied saying, my argument was nothing more than this uh, film isn't for me, which I feel is enough of an argument. To, to be able to say, look, this is not for me. Thanks, Grant the Bear. <laughs> Cheers, Grant. Um, right, and that's it for the feedback for now. It's been a marathon. It has been. Uh, thank you very much to everyone that's got in touch. And also, I think, and we have touched on this a little bit before, but um, a couple of people, um, in fact, a few people out there, have been um, really vocal in their support for the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, really appreciate that. Thank you to every share and like and comment and all that kind Once of thing. Once we set up a Patreon, we expect these people to be banging our doors. Down. Oh, yes. Um, Throwing uh, the money as those <laughs> podcast pounds. But um, pounds. Uh, yeah, th- but thank you to everybody that's um uh, that's taken the time to uh, pass comments and shares and things and just kind of do their bit to spread the word. But also um and a particular thank you to everybody that's actually making the effort to uh, seek out the films yeah, uh, yeah. in advance. Of the episode was super cool. Yeah, it's a really cool thing to do. Um, that will just about do it for us this week. Thank yeah, you so I'm much. Exhausted. Dev- Same. Exhausted. I'm physically spent. It's too hot. <laughs> um, worn out with heat and just. Ugh. Um, I want to say a huge thanks to uh, Duncan McLeish from yeah. the podcast Under the Stairs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Duncan will be back. I have a strong feeling he'll be back at some point, yeah, yeah but um, he came in argued very compellingly for Riot Rex, um, but a great guy having the show as well. Um, if you've got any thoughts, uh, by all means, get in touch. Loads of ways to do that. Facebook and Instagram, both Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us at StrongViolentPC. And you can Gmail, uh, you can email the Gmail, if you like, <laughs> at uh, stronglanguageviolentscenes at gmail.com. Such a hip-hop, yeah. such a rap, rap smith. <laughs> rap smith. <laughs> That's definitely a thing. Uh, so stay tuned, we have, of course, got um, the next mini-sode coming on Monday. Monday, Montag. And uh, you can, of course, always keep up with us on uh, Stitcher, Podbean, and iTunes. iTunes, and yep, that's right. Yeah. Don't forget. If, I, I yep. had hoped, sorry, I had hoped we would have another to announce this week, but that is not the case. So I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. The wait continues. Watch yeah. the space. Oh, bated breath. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's time for us to head out. And don't forget that it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes and Podbean.